Hey, what's up, everyone? Today is Wednesday, and welcome to Big Screens and TV Streams for March 15th, 2023, live from the Grand Forks Best Source Studios. I'm Dale, along with Victor. How's it going, guys? I got popcorn in my head again. This is great. Oh, yes, yes. And returning to the show after a little hiatus, because she's on spring break, producer Katie. Oh. Oh. What, Trey? I did not switch that from before. Whoops, that's on me. <laughs> oh, all I'm good. I'm on break. I'm break. Ready, to, break. ready to talk some movies and fun, right? Books. Books. <laughs> Re- catching Books. up. They already got you on assignments on spring break. No, that's all I've done for eight weeks. Oh since gosh. Started books and I don't watch. I haven't watched anything. But. Oh well, well yeah, we got a way to spoil that for quick takes at the end. Oh. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we got a lot of we we got a lot of fun stuff to talk about this week. Oh yeah, big week for movies. Oscars. Oh, yeah. We'll be talking about that in a Oscar bit. Oscar week. Uh, some other uh, fun things. Big reviews coming up. Scream Six. We're going to be reviewing and uh, and talk about the Last of Us season finale. Oh. So many good topics. Man. Victor, you got your action figure showcase. Yes. Yeah. A lot of good stuff to talk about today. But uh, I, I guess one quick thing to start off the show here. Um, I kind of got a printout here. Uh, I got the email. I'm still one of those old school people that gets, you know, everyone has a Netflix streaming subscription. But I find it funny when I bring up to people that they're surprised that Netflix still does the traditional discs by mail subscription. That actually, I'm not surprised, but at the same time, I don't. Well, no, you're really plugged into the industry, but just kind of every every day, just kind of casual, you know, not non plugged in, in entertainment scene people. <laughs> it, it can be because I, I I usually uh, go to the old school way, like dumpster dive for my movies, because you know I love doing that anyway. So literally dumpster diving. So, so. I got I got this fun email from uh, Netflix DVD, or they, I think the official name is Netflix. Is DVD.com, then in small print underneath it says a Netflix company. Okay. That's the official name of it for people that still get discs by mail for Netflix. So it's their 25-year anniversary oh. this, this past week. So I got an email. This would be a fun thing just to quickly run down. They, they had a, some fun anniversary articles and videos. But they got the most popular DVD rented each year since they've been out. So 25 years of Netflix. These were the top rented movies each year. So uh, I think we could all relate to, if not renting over the mail, but maybe the last Halkian days of going to the video store and, and like, oh, we got to make sure to get rent this movie before it's all rented out, before they get all the copies rented out, right? Yes. Uh, I, those are the days. I need to get that last copy of Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. For, or, else. Or, or that last one of The Notebook, uh, and especially Gladiator. Yeah. Katie, uh. any memories of that with your family? We got we to gotta get to the video store to rent the last copy of this. Hot new movie no, release? Not really. No, oh, you missed out. Fun times at the video store. But so I'm gonna run these down. So Netflix started in 1997. So add a year for as I run down each movie as we go down the list here. So 1997 most popular rented film was The Big Lebowski. Love that movie. Then one of my personal favorite comedies, Office Space. Yes. Then Gladiator. Yes. Uh, Memento. Oh yeah. Born Identity. Yep. Mystic River. Yep. The Notebook. Yes. <laughs> Crash, yes. not not the James Spader crash or the Brendan Fraser crash. Yes, the Brendan Fraser. <laughs> with, yes, and just so so you all know, yeah, it is the Brendan Fraser crash, not that other one. Not that other. Yeah, uh, softcore porn one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That one's a different, the completely different yeah. one. And then the par- Departed. Yes. Uh, bucket um, list. Oh yeah. I, I, I remember actually renting that from Netflix. I'm surprised that made the top of the list there. Uh, Hurt Locker. Yes. Uh, Best Picture winner. Blindside. Yes. Inception. Yes. Lincoln Lawyer. Oh yeah. 
the first Hunger Games. Very intense. Captain Phillips. Very good. Monuments Men. Yes. Martian. That one was also good. That didn't get enough love, yeah. which was a good Ridley Scott film. Yeah, Monuments Men, I'm a little surprised made the top list. Well, maybe it was made and rented for a reason people didn't go see it in theaters. I thought it was all right, but uh, yeah. And then Wonder Woman. Yes. Which is... No, look at this list. It's surprising. It's the only superhero movie from the past 25 years which made the list, that topped the list. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. But then, uh, honestly, like it's, it's like The Martian. I was the, me and my friend Ben were the, probably the only two in that theater that saw that because I, I love that movie. Yeah. Just when uh, there was a perfect cast, too. So. Didn't they do like an extended director's cut like a year or two later on video or so? I, yeah. I meant to see it. I just never got around to it. Did that change it up a bit? Yeah, they did a director's cut of it, and then they also came out with a book right after the movie was done and then i i think well actually no the book was already done and then they had ridley scott had took the book and the rights to it and then he was like okay we're gonna do the movie and so and such and then it became a hit so like it was a sleeper hit kind of thing and then after that yeah he came up with an extreme director's cut and everything was so cool and i actually got to it see really that. switched it up a bit then huh? oh it was so cool yeah. i loved it and plus there was a lot of intense oh, stuff in there so yeah i love the original version i'll have to track down that director's cut uh last few ones run down the list here dunkirk yes green book yes ford versus ferrari oh, yeah. news of the world yes and no time to die seeing so. seeing that one got so like again these were like sleeper hits like D- dunkirk was a true sleeper hit i had and funny thing i tried to see that movie so many times and by the time i went to go see it it was already at the end it was probably the shortest movie no shorter than uh rise are you talking about for dunkirk oh yeah, yeah which is surprising you know considering it's a christopher nolan film and his films usually get really Really good buzz. Yeah, and they're really good, but it was the shortest uh, Christopher Nolan movie ever. But, it was no shorter than uh, War well, for the Planet of the yeah, Apes, well, Maybe like two-ish hours or so. Yeah, yeah. usually his films are like three three hours and change, epics. Yeah, yeah, and then by the time I got there, I was like, it's already over? Are you kidding me? Yeah. So, yeah, that, that, I just thought it'd be a cool list rundown. Top 25 movies rented from Netflix each year, year by year, just kind of a you know, I can see why some of these could be a little surprising because some of them, you know, in the DVD era over the last 25 mm-hmm. years, people would rush out to buy movies instead of rent them now more often because they got people. I, that's why I got in the habit of doing one of the early heydays of DVDs. It's like, oh, I'll just buy the DVD. I'll just buy the DVD instead of just renting. So that's what I thought too. Yep. But then I didn't. I didn't think they did it anymore because they have Redbox and so yeah. many other things to. You know, I still purchase. see some Redbox outlets around and, mm-hmm. and Netflix discs is hanging on. I think we talked about in some other shows over the past year how they're, they're rumored to be discontinuing their discs renting service netflix will be within the next year i've heard that rumor a couple times i'm I'm imagine you have too victor yeah i've heard it a bunch of times but then it it hasn't come to fruition so then i figure one other thing here too before we well actually no let let, let's do it now let's hit our first ad of the show here and then i want to i got special something bring up here with with victor but we want to make sure to give a shout out to our friends at the south town poorhouse first where every day is an Great day. We want to make sure you stop in there for your favorite drinks and their happy hour, or it's buy one app, get one half off every day from 6 to 8. they got a ton of awesome apps over there, like Mac and Cheese Bites. So many good options. You can't forget about their $3 burgers on Tuesdays and their awesome steak specials on Thursday from 5 to 8. Also, make sure to check out their website online, southtownpoorhousegf.com, to find out when all the latest bands are playing live right Upcoming this weekend on Friday night, they have Reigns. And on Saturday night, they have Semi-Charmed Hero playing. So every day is a great day at the Southtown Poorhouse. They are located at 2015 Library Circle, just right across from the Grand Cities Mall from us. Open Tuesday through Saturday from 4 p.m. to 2 a.m. And they're looking to hire, too, so make sure you stop in there for employment opportunities. All right, Victor, uh, 
I got, I got you. You gave us an awesome uh, uh, build. I don't want to say hype, but you're very excited, very anticipating the River Cinema 15. They do their flashback movie of the week. Different classic movie playing each week. I wish I had time to see it last weekend. I only had time to see one movie at the theater, which we'll be talking about later. But you had time to make make it out to their flashback movie of the week. And longtime viewers of the show know by your hat and just your 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 nonstop passion for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, they yeah. had the 1990 original live action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie playing. Yes. Now, if I remember right. On last week's show, you said you wanted to go see it. You were planning on three times. Was that it? Because you're, yeah. you're, this is like first time being able to see it in the theaters for oh, you. Oh, yeah. So it, how did that go down? Did you make it all three times or did you make what, – what, what days did you catch it on? So I um, – so during the incredibly harsh blizzard we were getting – Yeah, um, it was like last Saturday all day, right? Yeah, and I literally was like, this is not going to stop me from seeing the turtles. So I literally – Went out there, and it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. So I thought, you know, I just bared it all and literally went out there, parked my car, and literally went in. Uh, but honestly, it was... I made it to the theater on Saturday, too, during the blizzard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and weird thing, again, it wasn't that super horrible, but it was just crazy and it wouldn't stop snowing and uh, not only did I make it, but literally when I got in there, it, it just felt like I watched it when I was a little kid and went in my grandfather's den and man dude it was it was one of I've so, had a lot of movie experiences but this was just amazing so seeing it multiple viewings as a kid probably on on a VHS tape and later on DVD you know just on a TV home theater setup but now seeing it on the big screen for the first time uh, did it just give a whole new appreciation to all those classic scenes you grew up with it, it it was it was like I can go into detail about it but this this was just one of the movies that need to be seen on the big screen like just the fact of all of them like even just the title of the movie and then the Leonardo jumping out of the shadows and just saying awesome and then all of them just like you know just saying classic lines it, it just seeing them was just incredible even seeing splinter and and shredder like that was probably the scariest moment for me was like it just got even more intense i was like just when he was just like and you'll see in the scene where the shadow just comes out and then of course you'll see him in all his sharp glory and i was like oh my gosh it made me in my fancies i'm like he's real he's so freaking real and it was it was just so amazing just because i've had a lot of movie experiences but just as a child of just a lot of like nostalgia this was beautiful beautiful in itself like nothing was dated it felt like you you were watching a new movie already their practical effects held yeah. up all these years later yeah and, and, and jim henson's creature shop and his son who was the chief uh, executive for puppeteer mm -hmm. and i mean just everything was just so great like the the effects the the animatronics the just the actors and everybody like so i think it's still playing for a couple more days right yes yeah. and i'm and i'm gonna see it for the third time you're, you're actually gonna, still gonna try and make yeah. it so you did see it twice then. i saw i saw it twice i this is my third time seeing it so uh, the second time was funny because literally uh my friend joey uh because i have two friends named joey um and it was oscar week so it was turtles week and oscar week and literally i was like i 
I was not going to miss both. So I thought, okay, I told my friend Joy as we were watching, I'm like, dude, I'm going to be popping in and out of here really quick. So just don't be surprised by it. He's like, so yeah, you're multitasking, cool. popping in to catch more turtles on the big screen and then popping out to see the, the next uh, Academy Award winner. Yeah. And literally, um, wow. I'm, I'm very happy because literally I timed it just perfectly. This was probably the biggest record for me, ladies and gentlemen, that literally I was time my watch i was like all right let's go and so i went back and forth and the staff was like yeah that's victor he's just yep. going back and forth doing his thing <laughs> yeah they know you well right yeah they know me very well because damien's like this guy and he's oh, just going man. back and forth Dude. and literally i took a pizza because we were having pizza during the movie i mean um, you have to yeah and literally i was just like i'll take my slice then i just went back out and i'm like okay this is great the performances are still going on the music's still going on and then literally i popped in at the right moments Every beat for beat for beat, and literally, I just it was so great. Like, well, I couldn't have timed that better. That was my favorite world record ever. Victor, I am so happy you got to see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, one of your favorite movies, on the big screen for the first time oh, and yeah. second time, I guess. Yes, so, yeah, very, very cool to hear again. And the Oscars, so again, that's a world record. Yeah, we'll be talking about those in a little bit, actually. Paul just got into the studio. Welcome, Paul. Hey, Woo. I made it. <laughs> I made it. How goes the nonstop running around? Woo. Oh. I think I'm done for the day. <laughs> yeah, we're just talking about how Victor got to see the Turtles movie there. Look forward. To, he went to the theater during the blizzard on Saturday. I went to the theater during the blizzard on Saturday, not to see Turtles, but to see another movie we'll be talking about later today. Paul, Katie, how did you guys enjoy riding out? Hopefully, the last blizzard of the season. Oh, I, I uh, laid in bed for 30 hours in cold sweats and. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Uh, yeah, I wasn't exactly feeling so great. But it was like the perfect timing to have like the flu or whatever I had. Yeah, because I couldn't do anything anyway. There yeah. you go. If yeah. there's a time to get sick, at least when it's blizzards out and everything's closed or you can barely get around. The only thing that sucked is that uh, the next day, you know, you're not feeling so good and then you got to go out and snow blow oh. 10 inches of snow in the oh, cold weather. No, yeah. yeah. True. Katie, did you end up riding out the storm all right there? I just stayed home. Stayed home. Rock, rock, binge some TV? Oh, uh, yeah. Yep, there you go. Good ways to ride out a storm. I didn't. I was like, oh, I was like, oh, I got to go to work. Fun, fun time driving to work, and uh, and and then well, let's just go to the movies. And, and, yeah, yeah, it was an eventful day. Yeah, made made for some fun driving around. Yeah, but uh, I guess Victor, you alluded to earlier, uh, Oscars happen. So yes. don't want to go over each and every. Because there's like 20-some oh. awards. It was, oh, like yeah. a three, it was almost three and a half hours long. It was. You saw the whole thing? Oh, yeah. And it was just, what an incredible night for everybody. And I'm going to tell you guys, the best moment there was Shorty won for Best Supporting Actor in, of course, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. I was so happy for him. He had got yeah. his first Oscar for That was the one thing I was going to ask you about. I know, yeah, he got reunited because Harrison Ford presented you know, the award. I didn't even realize that that was Shorty. Yep. Yeah, that was him. And oh. I can't, Well, even I was, like, so surprised because I saw him uh, when, I ever, when I saw Everywhere, Everything, All at Once. I was like, is that him? As an adult, I was like, oh, my God, that is him. Because I had to look it up as I was like, I had to make sure I was right. I'm like, oh, my God, that's him. God, man. And he looks so different from when he was a kid. And I just like I just wanted to say, Okie dokie, Mr. Dr. Jones. <laughs> yeah, that was what a moment. Harrison oh. Ford was a presenter and they gotta have a, a, a just an awesome embrace. Yes. Just it seemed like a re I'm I imagine they probably met over the years. I think I remember reading interviews they they met up at various like parties and mm -hmm. stuff over the years, but to have that moment, you know, have Ford presenting to uh, you know to Shorty we all grew up with all these years later what what a what an Oscar moment there so um, yeah 
just kind of want to run down a couple of the major award winners here, not the whole thing. I only I didn't watch the whole Oscars. I, I watched a bunch of clips off YouTube. I saw Jimmy Kimmel's opening monologue. I watched several of the award acceptance speeches. Yeah. I guess how would you how would you like Jimmy Kimmel as a host? I actually thought he did a pretty good job. Um, I didn't hear all of his acceptance speech because the TV, of course, and people being loud. But otherwise, I heard a little bit of it, and he was pretty funny uh, doing his classic, you know, making fun of pretty much everything. Yeah, he, he ripped on – I'm surprised he ripped on Babylon because oh. he said no one saw it. So it was, like, nominated for a bunch of awards and uh, it did horrible at the box office. And so he took some 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 kind of evil-spirited jabs, I thought. But I, uh, I knew he was going to. That's but kind it, of his shtick almost. Pretty much. But, you know, at the same time, I was the one that saw it, and I think still – People were just not ready for that film yet, and it was so good, but people just weren't ready. So. That opening half hour, man. Yeah. But I know Jimmy Kimmel did some fun little bits sprinkled throughout. I kind of got in the background. I'll duck out of the way. He's with the RRR crew there doing just kind of no-selling them, doing one of their dance routines during the middle of the show. And literally, they were just like just doing their thing, man. They were just doing their thing around him. Not even one single fuck. They were and, just like dancing. I mean, that was such a fun movie. It's on Netflix. I reviewed it on, on the show here uh, several months back. Really, it's real long, but really good. Really great musical, uh, Tollywood film. It won the award for best songs for mm. Natu Natu. Yes, awesome. just if even if you don't have time to see the movie, watch the that music video portion taken from the movie on YouTube. It's just like four minutes. It's a great little bit there. Mm. Um, okay, how about uh, best picture? Best, I guess uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. One yeah. best picture. Yes, and. And that was the major award winner at the ceremony. Won seven awards. Yeah, literally seven awards. And, man, they it was such a good movie. And even my friend Joey's like, dude, I've never seen this movie. I'm like, you need to see this movie, dude. It will give you a trip you have never seen in your life before. And it's just that good because it they they deserve to win just because that movie was just you know I, I don't know I, I really like the movie I thought it was a fun time experience I know we reviewed it on the show several months back but I, I guess I thought that was like a oh yeah that was a fun exciting time how they threw everything at you but mm. I guess for, for some reason in the back of my mind I guess I never thought it would was like you know best picture mm. uh, must see number one movie of the year did you guys you guys both felt that way or I coming know, out actually, of it um, so Ben Shapiro talked about this on his show the other day I was listening and I thought his take on everything was kind of interesting. And he points out that, you know, the Oscars and everything you see here, it's all just diversity, mm. you know, um, you know, yeah. So everything, everywhere, all at once. The daughter is a lesbian. The whale, he's a gay, obese guy. Um, you know, RRR, well, that's, you know, obviously they're from overseas, whatever the, what are they, probably Iranian or? I think it was India, right? It was or, India. Yeah. yeah, it was yeah. India. Um, you know, and then you have things like, um, Top Gun got best sound. Yeah. But, but the thing that I thought was really interesting in what he said is that if you take everything everywhere all at once, yeah, it's a good movie, but nobody's going to watch it again uh. in five years. Uh. You know, it doesn't have that like legacy that like a Top Gun type of movie has where somebody's going to rewatch that after five years. Nobody's uh. going to rewatch uh. everything. So why would it take best picture? That I can understand, but at the same time, because I think when a movie like that throws everything, and literally it's in the title, ironically, it throws everything at you and you don't expect it, because like Paul's just said, it's not one of those legacy movies like Creed or you know even like Top Gun. Those are movies, yes, you can watch over and over again, but those movies... They will st- always stand the test of time. I think this movie coming in, it's going to just literally make your bl- brain implode because you don't expect what you're going to see. Kinda set, I could kind of see where it could have surprised a lot of voters with 
the just bizarre time dimension hopping unique nature of the comedy told yeah. throughout the movie like you said just caught so many people off guard and i don't know if you want to say set a new bar but uh i guess coming out of it kind of remind me of the way coming out of the matrix mm-hmm. there watching that movie for the first time yeah. where like wow this is like an action movie like no other yeah but i kind of got that vibe with everything everywhere all at once but not to the same degree mm-hmm. like i'm like oh that was a fun that was a fun time that was that was exciting i did a lot of stuff i didn't see before but i was just so surprised i, I guess it's been doing it, what it didn't just sweep at the oscars all the other major award shows mm-hmm. leading up to the oscars the last few months it, it it just just swept so many awards like it, this was like the first oscar uh first film that uh won at least five of the top oscars yeah. in the 95 year history of the yeah. oscar so probably i'm still surprised i don't know I, do you think it like overperformed a little bit or do you think it's well earned i don't i think it was well earned because like i said i've you don't see movies especially like mainstream movies mainstream movies knew over the years that they're like uh can we say that they've done good besides top gun and many others i mean really you haven't made much of an impact in mainstream but then when this came out they were like okay this independent movie like this was incredible like what is this i guess the the only one i would disagree with i there's a couple of words i was just really surprised that everything won there where i'm like okay you know this performance was good but i don't think it was that good i'm i'm, I'm referring to i'm just wondering if this was a well she deserves one the mm. best supporting actress jamie leary curtis won for everything ever all it was and yeah. she was a fun little villain and mm. there was a fun supporting role but i didn't think it was nothing that like it stole the show or anything like that. That that one was a little eyebrow raising. Would you at least see me a little bit on that, or do you think she was actually uh, that was the right choice? I'm gonna I'm gonna probably disagree with you just a little bit, just because I'm happy she won. Jamie Lee Curtis has been in the industry for a long, and I do mean a long time, and she's paid her dues. I mean, you're talking about Lori, like she played literally. Oh, yeah, I mean, the, Halloween movies, yeah, Halloween movies, and not only uh, she's playing, she's James. Ripley, yeah, yeah. like literally. Well, that was to go, that was Sigourney Weaver. Oh yeah, oh sorry, yeah, yeah and and <laughs> I mean, literally, she's been in the industry so long. She's been with like some of the greatest directors ever, like James Cameron, K- Catherine Bigelow. I mean, heck, she even played with Arnold Schwarzenegger, who is oh, known yeah, true for lies. his. Yeah. yeah, for known his collaborations with James Cameron. So, I mean, she's literally an icon of that era. So it was, it was kind of like a more of a, here's, here's a, a award for all your hard work over the years. Pretty, yeah. And, and, and that's one of my main problems with the Oscars, though. I just think the award should win on their merit of that film individually, not like a legacy. All right, you know, you were kind of robbed at this other year's award mm-hmm. and all that, so we'll give it to you this one. Don't you think that going with that mindset for voters to vote for movies, don't you think that could be a little skewed or a little... It can, I don't know, that just rubs me the wrong way. I, I'm the same way a little bit too, but at the same time, it's it, it's kind of like how Leonardo DiCaprio won, for example. Everybody knows that that man literally, he cannot be typecasted. He just can't. But literally, you are going to tell me, out of many movies that man did, I'm talking about Django Unchained, literally the best performance he gave, The Great Gatsby, and many others he had done before that, The Wolf of Wall Street. You snubbed all these, but then when he did The Revenant, you were going to give him one for that. He's been nominated so many times. He's just like Meryl Streep, been nominated so many times. But she has gotten Oscars for pretty much half of what her movies were. But then again, only one movie for him. That I feel was a little bit skewed because I'm I'm with you on that one where you're like, eh, you should literally just look at the movies instead of just saying, well, we snubbed you. We're sorry. 
we'll just here you go. The, yeah, yeah, like I, I do agree with that. Yeah, that's weird. I always hear so many stories about you know the word politicking that goes on, and you, I hear some other people run down like entertainment critics going like, oh, they got to go on a successful campaign trail yeah. promoting, hitting all the right parties, and and hobnobbing with all the uh, major voters and all that. It, it's so. The, the, yeah, I mean, if anything, best supporting actress. That should have went to Margot Robbie on Babylon. Yeah, by, yeah, by yeah. Far. She was phenomenal she, in yeah, Babylon. She yeah. was very, but she was. And the funny thing was, she wasn't even nominated though. She, no one nominated her, which was weird. That because, is very weird. Yeah, because again, like, or would that, you say she's more of a best actress, more for up for in that movie instead of supporting actress? It's hard to say I in would, that one because that I has such a huge cast. I would have said, yeah, she would have been at like lead, she, technically because yes, yeah, she is a supporting actress in this movie. She she was the lead actress, and she should have been in that category instead of just supporting. Actor, or is you know, but then All again, right. so just a couple other quick uh, notes from the Oscars here. Uh, from other ones we didn't t- touch on here, we got All Quiet on the Western Front won several awards best international film, best original score, uh, b- best documentary. Navalny. I always try like to keep up with documentaries. Didn't get a chance to see that one. Was that one on your radar at all, guys? That, that one was on my radar, but I never. It's been really weird with documentaries with me because I've I've gone back and forth with them. So I mean, they they, you, they didn't even talk about it. So that was the weird thing too. So. And then we already kind of gave. Top Gun Maverick, the only award it won was top, uh, Best Sound. Uh, Tom Cruise was noticeably absent from the awards, even though he did an awesome uh, interview with Jimmy Kimmel on his show last week yeah. p- promoting it. He made it sound like he was going to be there, mm. but kind of the vibe I got was like once he realized that uh, it wasn't going to be winning in the major awards it was up for, Tom Cruise uh, presumably was like, well, if it's not going to win any major awards or any, get any major recognition, I'm not going to show up. Well, that and he's already working on his next film, which oh, is the next Mission Impossible. Hard at work for that, and yeah. Dude, dude, just, again, say what you will about that, man, but, man, he's going to make these stunts even bigger. And I know... Um, I saw a thing that, I don't know if it's true, but uh, it was one of the Mission Impossibles where a plane takes off and he's holding onto the side on the door. Yes. That's not CG. He's actually no, holding onto the door. he's actually doing it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's actually for real doing yep. it. Like, that is not CGI, ladies and gentlemen. Actually he up does in the air. real stunt. Yeah. And they told him, literally, because I told this on a long show ago, but he, literally, he asked the dude who was his stunt co- uh, coordinator, he's like, I'm going to do this stunt. But then he told him no. And then literally he's like, I fired that guy and hired the dude, another dude, and said, I can now do this because I fired that guy. <laughs> and, and, and he's like, I could do, you could do it now. And he, and he actually, when he was on Jimmy Kimmel last week on a show, he brought that up. And he's like, yeah, my mom like wants me to know how the movies and all that are going. And she now prefers me not to tell her what stunts I do until after the films are done or until after she sees the movie. Because I didn't tell her about that airplane scene in, in, in Mission Impossible because <laughs> she asked me afterwards did you really do that i told her yes and she's like thank you for not telling me about these stunts in advance anymore <laughs> imagine telling your mom oh what, what did you do at work today <laughs> that guy is just yeah that guy's just so nuts man and i thought he wouldn't push it even further but man did he ever push it and he didn't have any why like usually you'll see wires or anything connected to people when they do stunts. no he didn't have any wires anything he just hold on for dear oh life. no he had a strap holding him together like, well for, they're for, not just gonna let like, tom cruise fly off the plane <laughs> they, well they know they know they know 
knew how crazy he was because he was going to try it without it because he at least talked about, could I at least try it once without it? And he's like, uh, I don't think that's such a good idea, Tom. But again, it's your but movie, yeah, very, whatever. Well, at least very minimal stuff than the average stuntman had uh, to work with. That's very but, true. <laughs> and then uh, I thought Brendan Fraser gave a great speech for The Whale. Yes. I, I kind of, I, you know, I'm kind of mixed. I'm, when we mentioned on the review for the film, I'm kind of mixed on the movie. Mm. Parts of I really like, but, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, it's safe to say mm. his performance was oh, five-star yeah. worthy. Uh, yeah. And he gave, what a speech he gave. I know. He, he, I, I really felt he deserved that. And just the fact that he was literally like, Darren Aronofsky was there. It was just like when Shorty won, you know, you got to see Harrison Ford and Steven Spielberg being so proud. So it was a proud moment for him yep. to literally just come out of retirement and just like literally. It was like super big- emotional on stage. Definitely yeah. if, if. I don't recommend watching the whole three and a half hours of the Oscars, but at least look up on YouTube Brendan Fraser's acceptance speech because it's, it's very, very oh. heartfelt. Oh, yeah. And, and then finally, last one I want to bring up is Best Animated Picture. Uh, big big uh, lock here for Netflix. Uh, Gil, Gilmoro del Toro's a prize. Yeah. <laughs> Pinocchio. Yeah, my boy won again, and yeah. I was so excited because I was like, that's my boy, Guillermo del Toro, winning again. Yeah, Netflix, uh, they won a few awards. I think they get got Best Documentary short also and a few other random awards. So, yeah. Which, which is I was really surprised because they won for uh, animated, of course, film, and of course, international film for All Quiet on the Western Front, and then so, documentaries. Good so. night for for Netflix. Yeah, literally. So, I mean, keep going, Netflix. You're doing good. So, all right. So, yeah, that's our little Oscar recap there. Figure get that. You know, major night for movies. Want to at least cover some of the highlights from it there. Uh, any final notes on it before we move on, Victor? From what you saw, I was just happy that, like, again, <laughs> this was. The, I would have to say the best part of that night. Not only just watching it and just seeing every spectacular thing happening, but the, at the end of the Oscars, literally Jimmy Kimmel went backstage, and there's a sign on the back that says, Oscars without, a number of Oscars without an incident, one. <laughs> literally, it's just like, one. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty sure a lot of people like to saw him get punched in the face. Oh, man. Though. Yeah, he, he made a fun. I'm sure a lot of people want to punch him in the face. <laughs> yeah, he made a fun reference to it where he was like, he, he kind of poked fun at it. You know, if anyone's going to try and note to anyone in the crowd who wants to do something from last year, you got to go through uh, my, my friends here, at, sitting right here at front and center, uh, Brad Pitt and so and so and so and so. Yeah, he had, he had a little laugh over it. So, but yeah. yeah. I bet you dollars to donuts Brad Pitt would have punched somebody. <laughs> Right. Hey, you seen Fight Club? Don't mess with yeah, Brad Pitt and his he fighting abilities. Literally fights so. you on that. <laughs> All right, so we need to move things along here. We're going to talk about the movie I saw in the Blizzard last weekend. Victor, you saw two over this yes. past week. Lace installment in the Scream series, Scream Six. Yeah. They got they went back to the numbering after restarting the numbering, but still keeping the canon in check. But yeah, it, so pretty much it's the next installment in the series, and just a year after the last one. The last yeah. one was just a, I don't think it was even a full What's year. That ago. Wednesday in it. Yeah, I was gonna say, of course, she's in another picture. Yep, Jen Ortega. Yeah. Jen Ortega. She's yes, really, she's really like she's she just started, everywhere. and then now she's just gotten so huge. Now well, she's, she started on Disney Channel. Yeah, she did. She had a Disney Channel show. Katie, you saw Wednesday also. Then, oh, oh I just recognize her. Mm. Oh, that's right. I do forget she did. I know, Paul. You watched show. that, right? I, I think you reviewed yeah. it on the show, right? Yeah, yeah, I never finished it, but I got pretty far into it. Uh, decent fan of Wednesday there, or at least her, her performance in it, or. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, so entertaining. I thought she did good. Yeah, I, I, I need to say, there's so so many shows to keep up with. But yeah, so the setup for this is uh, the survivors of the last film for yeah. Scream Five. Uh, the four they actually have they 
call it, they dub themselves in a corny way in the movie, the core four, core the, four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the four survivors from the last film. Uh, so there, it, and it's, it's interesting too. It's two sets of siblings are, that are the core four. You have, uh, J- J- Jenna Ortega and Melissa Barrera as yes. Sam and Tara Carpenter. Mm-hmm. And then you have Jasmine Savory Brown or S- Savoy Brown and Mason Gooding as uh, Mindy and Chad uh, Meeks Martin. Mm-hmm. So uh, so those are the main survivors. Then you also have Courtney Cox returning at, yes. as, you know, the entrepreneurial reporter Gail Weathers. Yeah. And, but no Sid returning. Uh, no. Um, Help me on the name, Victor. I'm blanking on the actress's oh, name. Oh, uh, um, you're Naomi, Naomi Campbell. Or ne- Nev Campbell. Nev Campbell, yes. They do give her a reference. They say early on, Gail's like, oh, I, I talked to Sid. She's, you know, she deserves her own happy ending. She's with her family yeah. after. So yeah, I'm guessing they're saving her for a future movie. That's what I thought, too. But then I was like, I hope she would return. And just a quick synopsis, the only reason she didn't return to this one is because the studio was being stingy and wouldn't pay her the money she Oh, deserved. okay, so there was some behind-the-studio business yeah. then. Okay. And she was the one that kept the franchise going if it wasn't for her the franchise wouldn't even be going as it is now so so i love the opening to this film uh they they have a little twist on it with the other scream films in mm. the past because if anyone's seen the scream movies they all start off the same way getting the creepy phone call the victim victim at the beginning of the movie you know there's that trademark line what's your favorite scary yeah, movie what's your favorite scary movie and they just actually first it's they have a fun innocent phone call leading up to it and then all of a sudden a little dark twist happens and then the and then but at the beginning there's a little twist on how it all takes off i don't want to give it away too much because this is a fun little twist they do on the whole opening uh murder chase thing scene to the victim and it's like wow okay where are they going to go in this direction yeah. but uh yeah they they're there's a killer of killers and then with the screen movies they're always doing dealing with their in canon movies because remember with the screen movies because they're such a cult hit success they made the stab movies that only exist inside the screen movies yep. which are based on the events that take place in the screen movies yes <laughs> it can be a little hard to follow can be but at the same time if you watch the originals you you can understand where they go you have to watch all the movies to understand and it's it's funny because every movie because there's a lot of movies and references in every like screen movie which i thought was so iconic and so cool and the screen movies the they are this one's directed by tyler gillette and matt benaley open they're they have always are just overloaded with references and homages to past uh, horror slasher films and especially with the character Mindy of the core four, she is nonstop. She's probably the most, I think, by design, uh, annoying, <laughs> to put it I, kindly. But, but I love her, yeah. though, because she's, she's, she's my favorite character in that entire franchise. Because her Uncle Randy, yeah. from the original one, played by Jamie Kennedy, is my boy because he's the movie. And I would probably and, be that guy, and too. And I say that in an affable way, but she's kind of pointing out, she's like, Oh, now all anyone's up to killing on your average scary film flick. If this is a scary movie, anyone can die. That means Gail Weathers can die because they're killing off legacy characters in all movies now. It's the end thing. Nobody's safe. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in, last, in the Scream 5, they killed off Dewey, good old yep. Yep. David Arquette. Yep. So and they killed Jamie in broad daylight and everybody. So it's like, yep franchises no one is safe even legacy characters nobody cares about the legacy characters anymore they could all be gone in a second <laughs> yeah so the thing i always get the most kick out of uh, for for this scream movie how would you say would it carry on the pedigree of previous ones where it seems like you know the people that they eventually reveal to be the person behind the mask you know mm. we won't go into spoilers who but uh it's, it's usually like this you know meek looking you know one of the supporting cast members everyday teen but 
when they put on that, you wouldn't even think they're like physically capable of like being able to manhandle anyone and wrestle them down and just go on these killing sprees. But when they don the, the Ghostface Killer mask and suit, mm. all of a sudden they're super acrobatic, yeah. capable of parkour, yeah. and just headlocking and wrestling down and killing everyone. And they do such corny, like little like flourishes where there's a couple of them side by side doing these fun little poses after they do like a, a, a dumb little after they get their next victim. And I'm like, all right, I'm on for this ride. I'm enjoying it. Did, did you get that takeaway too, Victor? I did, and they and Leia said, "Man, when they when they go hard, they literally went personal in this movie because immediately." Uh, and there's a scene in the movie where uh, they go into the this uh, little kind of gas station, uh, kind of bodega kind of place, um, a convenience store, and dude literally pulls a shotgun on <laughs> this guy. Literally, he disappears like he blocks a shot, and then he show it, and then you see in the mirror that he comes up. He Hits the guy over the head and then knocks him to the ground, takes a shock and blows his brains completely out. Then literally it's just a game of cat and mouse where they have to quietly go through the aisles. And yeah, they just- actually have some interesting stealth sequences in here where they're trying to play, you know, you know, be watch your head over their shoulders here, but... With this movie taking place at Halloween time, they have so many people out wearing just ghost face masks, just yeah. blending in in public. So it's helping just create that sense of tension. You yeah. know, is this one the killer? Is this one just a person in a costume? Yeah, or? and that's what I thought was so crazy because and, – and mind you, ladies and gentlemen, this is not only in a just a small little town anymore. No, this is in – the biggest city, which is New York yeah. City. Yeah, they moved to New York. Like, literally. And I was like, come on, you guys. Literally. You're, you're talking about the biggest city ever. And literally everyone's, like, in danger there. Do you really think you're going to escape going there? I mean, going to college, sure. But a dangerous city? Come on. So, you're literally just a prey in that in that area. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty much with you on all, all these points here, Victor. Like, I thought the final scene, the final act, where they kind of wrap up, there's this nice shrine of all the past uh, scream or stab killers yeah. where they show all these like it's like an unofficial museum where the final uh, chase with all the other with the final uh, survivors of the film and where you know where the ghost face killers are, may or may not meet their match mm-hmm. you know not to spoil it but you know if you've seen other movies they should be safe to presume oh yeah uh, how did you like how well, pretty satisfying final like you like how it all wrapped up I, I loved it just because it what I loved about all these f- films especially even this one was Every one of them was personal. And see, movies like that, you can't, they cannot be denied because I felt so bad for Sydney from this one. And then, of course, it, her, I don't want to say like she herself, but it was her mother that really started it all. If she wasn't screwing around and basically, you know, this happened, these, these turns of events would not happen to other people, especially like this sibling duo, because she, her sister even said in the movie, I want to live my life. Like, I, it, I wasn't affected by this as you were. So I'm trying to live my life and move on and be better. But this is always going to keep following her until basically someone's going to get hurt. And, man, dude, everyone was going to bite. <laughs> like I said, just see the movie and you'll yeah. understand. It's very personal. I was going to say, yeah, so. I really like, I like how it wrapped up. My only little nitpicks is... Seems a little too soon for the sequel. Seems like they rushed this out. They could have spaced it out a little more. Why not wait till Halloween to release this? I mean, it takes yeah. place around Halloween time. I don't. Why? Re- why release this in March? <laughs> I, I thought. I thought that too. But then I think 
you know, timing kills every film, and and it's very true because they probably had so many. Times I'm presuming where, there's probably going to be a lot of other comp- competitive yeah. horror slasher flicks around yeah. that time of the year. Try yeah. to beat the rush. So they figured, why not do this now and around March? And, the, <laughs> and then my only other nitpick is Mindy. She is like uh, the second coming of God in this movie because she no sells multiple stabbings. Literally, in the end of the movie, I'll give one spoiler. She survives, and they just show her hopping around, walking around like nothing, even though she gets stabbed in the chest literally minutes earlier in the same day of the film and she's just all happy-go-lucky yeah and like literally i don't know how that, that was like the, the person in charge yeah the, this character in the film mindy she's like one of the supporting characters they show her get stabbed they make it look like they do some misdirection where like she's she may meet her demise she make the film makes you think she she's passed but they show her at the end of the film where all the characters are kind of coming out and they're like oh there's mindy and she's up walking around like she did not get stabbed in the chest very, very oh. directly, and yeah, like literally, she got oh. stabbed a bunch of times. She well, first like she got cut, and then literally no, just like sh- sh- and yeah. then like they stabbed her, and she's still going on. Yeah. I'm like, dang. But, I mean, it's just a little nitpick. I mean, it's a screen movie. I'm just they're for, all about the fun ride and all oh, that. Yeah. For the most part, yeah, hard, hard, very hard recommendation for this. If you like a screen movies, this is a safe recommendation. Would you say, Victor? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Around Tomatoes aggregates, 77% critic, 92% audience, so safe to save. This genre or this series, this brand is up your alley. You'll like this one. I think they got the nice, uh, they established a new second gen of characters by oh, this point. Yeah. So, Paul, Katie, you guys seen many of the Scream movies before? Fans of them or just? I've, I've seen the first two. First two, yep. Yeah. I, I know I kind of took a, I, I was a big fan of like the first two and then I kind of took a break because it seemed like they were rushing them out too soon and all that. And then, but yeah, these these last two, I'm totally on board with them. And I'll see like the, the Scream movies, for some reason, they just remind me of, like, you're going to enjoy this if you're in high school. Mm, right. Yeah. You know. Well, and I Oh, loved- yeah, they do have that. They, I mean, they focus on teenagers, obviously. Yeah. So. Well, and I loved what Wes Craven, who, sad thing, God rest his soul, he's no longer alive. But he, you know, Wes Craven being the master, the grandfather of horror he, that he is, I mean, I was so excited when he did this movie. Like, the first movie was so cool. And the cool thing was is that, like, I loved what Billy had said in the first one where he's like, don't blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. They make psychos more creative. And I loved the fact that he based it because during that time in the 90s, of course, everybody knew the Columbine shooting. And, you know, yeah. what, do we, what do we blame it on? Violent video games, movies, comic books, and all this other stuff. So he took everything that people were so angry and had their pains in a bunch about, and he turned it into this. And he literally threw it at audiences, and they weren't expecting it. And it was so cool. So. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, right, I'm right with you, man. That, that was some very good insights. And, you know, you know, what else is so cool is the tasty treats from our friends at Oh For Heaven's Cakes, where there's nothing better than treating yourself to some good homemade baked goods. Mm. And that's where Oh For Heaven's Cakes comes in. They have the best cupcakes, and for special occasions, just a treat. They make incredible specialty items by order. I know I got a, a cake there for, for, my, for my mom's birthday here this past year, and they just absolutely rocked it. Mm. So if you got special cake requests or goodie requests, they will definitely treat you right. And while you're there, make sure to check out their homemade lunch and soup with keto, gluten-free, vegan options. And if you're a business owner and want to treat your employees right, make sure to ask them about their employee mass order discounts. So O for Heaven's Cakes, make sure to check them out. They're on the back side, north back side of the Grand Cities Mall, open Tuesday through Friday from 10 to 4, and on Saturdays from 9 to noon. Call them up, 701-757-2253, or email oforheavenscakes at yahoo.com. 
be a beautiful cupcake and a world full of muffins that's Old for Heaven's Cakes in the Grand Cities Mall. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for a cake job, well, Old for Heaven's is hiring. Make sure to stop in and ask for their employment opportunities. All right, Victor, I'm going to throw it to you. I know we got your weekly fill your head segment. I see your topic on hand this week is how nostalgia can be toxic. Yeah, the, uh, my friend and I, we we got into it, of course. Like not, And it was a friendly thing. But uh, he, of course, we were talking about how he does not like any movies. And this isn't a jab at him, but he doesn't like anything. Every time we go to see a movie, he like rang, rags on it so hard. Every movie? Yeah, every movie. Victor, but, I hate to be that guy, but why are you still seeing movies with this person? <laughs> we'll see, and then we'll see, that's the thing. And, and we'll see, that's the thing. Wait, uh, Paul, because I remember Paul, uh, we talked about this before, where... He he's like I gotta admire you, man. Like every movie you've seen, like even if it's bad, you'll you'll you know how to find the good in movies. Yeah, and see, and no, that's a good that's a good quality. Yeah, and see, that's the thing is that I I've realized even as I got you know when I was a little kid too, I was the same way. Was that. Every movie is – I'm like Ethan Hawke, and Ethan Hawke made a good point on this too. He's like, I love all movies. I do. I love every single – it doesn't matter the genre. It doesn't matter anything. There's good movies, and the, it's the thing, the thing that makes them so great is that the people – and I've said this before as well – is that every film that you watch, someone's trying to say something. It's, there's no point in making a film if you're not trying to say something. And so they did that with Black Panther. The reason why everyone loved that movie is because it was saying something that we all were thinking, but we probably couldn't do it because it was it was really hard subject to talk about in that way. So they thought, okay, let's do it from this angle instead of this angle. Or look at, uh, look at what The Departed did, talking about police corruption, which happens a lot in America. And Martin Scorsese... Being that he is the master of gangster film, organized crime. Let's do it, tackle it from there. Or Schindler's List, Steven Spielberg. That was a sad movie, but we. He's like, you tackled this immensely, and he was afraid to make it, but it was so real. And he came back to back with two World War II movies because of that. So every movie that you do. As Oliver Stone said, because it's he's true, it's true. You know, you have to learn and to adapt and grow with change and everything. Nostalgia can be such a very powerful tool, but it also can be a toxic tool because I think everyone's afraid of change. They're afraid of, you know, if you like for Ninja Turtles example, it, which is the biggest example ever, is that I remember when Rise of the Teenage Ninja Turtles came out. I did not like it. I didn't like it. I hated it. I ragged on it, and my friend's like, you ragged on it hard. Like, you ragged on it hard. I'm like, yes, I did. But at the same time, I'm not disagreeing with And I told him, I'm not disagreeing with you. But at the same time, I was like, wait a minute. Why am I getting mad at this Turtles when I already have my own Turtles? This is a Turtles for a different generation. So it doesn't matter what generation of Turtles there are. I already have mine, and they have theirs. I got got a good way I could branch off that. Like, uh, you know, there's some superhero films. I'm sure we'll be talking in the upcoming releases here. The the new Shazam movie opens this weekend. Exactly. Uh, When I saw the first one, I was probably like, you know, this is okay. It's, It's it's not for me. There's parts of it I like, you know, following the superhero formula. But this is this is for this is obviously a movie for families, for kids. Yeah. I can see how kids would absolutely love this movie going on with the, the wave of storytelling, the wave of humor they're using. Yeah. And I'm glad if that helps make the next wave of you know uh, to see superhero films aimed for more uh, PG-13 audiences, mm-hmm. R R-rated audiences. Then uh, I'm glad to have Shazam as that gateway drug. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, but Shazam, like you said, I mean, that's a movie that you know could be geared towards you know kind of kids and stuff. But there are bad movies. I mean. You did see the Batman. 
No, Paul, you are wrong. You I'm are sorry. wrong. You are it was so not, wrong. It was not bad. I think it a lot awesome. of awesome. Man, top ten worthy. I, I think a lot of people were just not used to seeing Batman in that light. They see him as this this big hulking bruiser of just vengeance. They want to see him chucking batarangs. Yeah, exactly. It had, had nothing to do with seeing him yeah. in a different light. Yeah, it had to do with the fact that the movie sucked. No, the movie no. was not bad. <laughs> no, I just hard, think people, hard disagree. I just think, again, I'm the same way because, again, I don't think people were so used to seeing him in that detective moment. They're used to seeing him beat the crap out of people, which is his specialty, yeah. but they saw him in his mindset. He's the world's greatest detective, so we got to see him in this element. Maybe it would have been better if we had saw him when he was an adult and he was an expert at that time. But this was in his second. Yeah, I think he's his only second or third year of being yeah, Batman. So yeah, so th- they wanted to tackle it he's from learning his younger way. Yeah, his younger perspective, which I had no fault on. That was good. But the only thing was is that I wish you made, made him a little older because it would kind of got confusing. I'm like, okay, you're getting into a second year of Batman. Why don't you tackle it when he was older instead of younger? But then I know what they were trying to do was they were taking stories from other comic books and graphic novels and tying it into this one, and it was good. It was dark. It was gritty. It was that detective the story. Yeah, brought to you by Hot Topic. Hot Topic. Yeah, <laughs> Give me, get, yeah. Hot seller. New top of the line hot model topics there. They uh, and clothing lines. The Batman costumes and outfits and T-shirts. Get them now, folks. Exactly. But yeah, it was. It's it's just that kind of where I think a lot of people need to understand again. Even like with Batman or Ninja Turtles or even Shazam, you're not going to get the gritty stuff that we did in the 90s because that was the 90s. This is the 2000s. And kids immediately were not even supposed to even read Ninja Turtles. When the comic books came out, yeah, was I wasn't like, even allowed, but I read them anyway because they oh yeah, were it was gritty. Like, it was like an under-the-radar indie comic. You oh, kind of yeah. had to go over your, out of your way to request to get special order almost. Oh, yeah. yeah, and even the first one, when I read like the first 1984, like that issue, it was just in-your-face, bloody. Like That was... And yeah. this is different from the Turtles now. So, like, even the new movie, everyone's like, oh, I hate this. And, like, what is this? I'm like, dude, you can't hate on this because, again, first of all, Kevin Eastman and Peter Lair, who were the creators of the Ninja Turtles, they sold their rights to Nickelodeon because, again, they knew that kids were loving this franchise. And they loved it regardlessly. So they were like, well... This is not only for adults too; it's for kids too. They and we we gotta remember: kids are gonna be involved in anything, whether superhero wise or unsuperhero wise. If they see something that's cool, they're gonna jump onto it too. So that's why they're like, "Oh, I wish my kids didn't, you know, have to do this." But then I'm like, you know, it yeah. is for the kids. So it's many for the kids. It's so many ways kids. where this nostalgia is, like you say, it could be toxic in unsuspecting ways. Final point on 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 this week's uh, fill your head segment. It's like I said, guys. I mean, you we all have to. To change and we all have to you know we all have to share our love even if it you know it is for kids too kids want to you know they want to be a part of it too so i mean all i can say is that that's the that's the lesson of it all you know it's you know we want to have it gritty and stuff like all that but at the end of the day you guys it's like that's that's changed i think we all want to have a you know closure on that but then it, again once you get older you know there is no little bow that's wrapped there is no closure you what you see is what you get so we all gotta yeah. celebrate our differences exactly <laughs> and the fact that katie <laughs> paul paul what, what, are you okay paul paul what's going on uh, what, that was just a katie was just making a nice uh, nice honest to goodness point and yeah, you, what, what, what's with this evil evil spit take here <laughs> i knew that when he laughed and then katie laughed <laughs> 
Yeah. Hey, it's always good celebrating differences, right, Katie? Yeah. That was oh, a yeah. gr- great point. Great point. <laughs> I, I, I did. I, I loved your part. I love. No, I see what you did there. Good stuff. But uh, I Victor, look forward to what you have for next week for us. Thanks again for bringing it like you do every week for filling our heads. Thank you. Guys. With popcorn. I, I, I always try to. <laughs> you guys, you guys right. make it so great. Well, <laughs> uh, nacho taco. Nostalgia. <laughs> Yes. We're yes. talking nostalgia. 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 Nostalgic for. May for, as well. <laughs> May as well. Yeah, nostalgia for YouTube videos, right? Should we yes. have some nacho tacos for our. And chimichangas for our, for our Friday, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's. Yeah, quick, quick plug for that. This Friday on GFBS, our three year anniversary oh. special. Yes. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. Starting at 11 a.m., uh, on and off shows throughout the day for over the next uh, so many hours. We're going to have people, past and present, GFBS hosts and guests stopping in. Make sure to check it out. Probably, I know John's working on getting some live music in the studio and probably going to be doing all kinds of cool stuff. Little interviews will be rotating people in and out to interview throughout throughout the day there. It's going to be an awesome time. Check it out. GFBS, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch. 11 a.m. on, yeah, GFBS three-year anniversary special. Yo. All yeah, right. And remind what? me, too, uh, when we're done here, I got to go to Oh for Heaven's Cakes because I'm going to get some GFBS cookies made. GFBS oh. cookies. All right. No way. Yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I, that's cool. Yeah. Heck, no way. Okay, yeah. let's cool. do this. Well, I just don't know how many I should get because I don't want to like break my bank. But I mean, oh, I, I mean, how well, a dozen guess, or so probably be a safe bet. A dozen would probably be fine, right? Because yeah, I know, I, I, know uh, I know, Icky is bringing in some donuts. He said, <laughs> and I was gonna, I had, I, I got, I'm in the reward program at Oprah Evans Cakes. You know, get so many purchases, you get six free cupcakes, and I'm due for one of those. So I was gonna bring in six cupcakes. So between cookies, donuts, and cupcakes, and were you saying you're about to have something there too, Victor? Yeah, I wanted to bring in some pumpkin, so you guys can try it because I wanted to literally get your take on what because the pumpkin. I love pumpkin, but I don't know about everybody. Else, so. I think you're referring to the pumpkin muffins you love there, yeah? Yeah, they're so good. <laughs> well, we'll have a big smorgasbord of treats and stuff. You know, what's I, a chimichanga? I don't even know what a chimichanga is. No, oh, like, it's they're like, awesome. a, like a burrito, but it's deep fried. Yeah. Yeah. And it's deep fried oh, burrito. It's really good. That. Yeah. Which is also that. what Deadpool loves as well. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, speaking of things we may or may not love, we've been keeping up with it all season long. Figure we give it its own little segment here instead of relegating it to quick takes like we have the last several weeks. Uh, last Sunday was the season finale of Last of Us. Figure we kind of get our overall final thoughts on the first season of it. No, it's been kind of we've been kind of giving it an extended quick takes. We're all we, they're going to make a second. Yeah, I think they did confirm a second season, right, Victor? They, yeah, yep. they talked about it. Hopefully yeah. it's better than the first. Yeah, so <laughs> I know we, we've been kind of all over the place, all over the spectrum on opinions for this. Some weeks it's just really, really highs and then real, real lows, depending on just, yeah, where, where you may feel on certain episodes. So they have the season finale just, here. And so Joel and Ellie, they kind of, it's like just under an hour as the ninth episode of the season. Um, they kind of kick it off with Ellie's origin story. Mm. You kind of find out why she's immune. And we'll probably go into some spoilers here. We won't give it super spoilery victor i think you said you still got to finish the episode right yeah i still have to i saw a little bit of it but like i said i was going it was oscar week guys so i was going back and forth and ninja turtle week so everything was happening really fast right did you at least see the part with ellie's origin story explaining when they got to the present then because i think it's like the first five minutes or so of the episode i at least saw that part yeah i could have told you ellie's origin story the first 10 minutes of the show Well, I mean, you, you had to figure there was something like that. And kind of, you know, it, it brought back memories of Blade and how she could be immune, you know. Like, yeah. you know, the, Blade is immune. Ha, he could be out in the sunlight because, you know, his, he's half he's vampire, just, half human. His, yeah. his mother got 
bit during childbirth or something. That's yeah. a similar setup that's, for Ellie here. Yeah, that's why they call him the Daywalker. Yeah, Daywalker. So I, 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 did, I, I did like how they tracked down the... Victor, what was the name of the actress they got playing Ellie's mom again? I, for, I know she's been in a bunch of movies over the year. I, I, I am, I'm just freaking out. I, I know who you're talking about, too. I'm Day blanking man. on... I'm blanking. <laughs> I'm flicking on the name, but uh, but no, it's this. It's uh, it was a good pull because it's the same actress who voiced and did the animations for her in the Last of Us video game. So yes, yeah. and she, and I couldn't believe they actually got her in there. But I think she was such a fan, and not only was she a fan, but she also like uh, like Dale said, she voiced the uh, the video game character in the video game. So I thought that was pretty. That was a good reference there, guys. So, so you know, I th- I thought about something too, and because you know, uh, with all these shows that are coming out, mm-hmm. you always see that uh, accompanied by the uh, last of us uh, podcast uh, oh for HBO yeah. yeah we'll make sure to check out the podcast supplement show you yeah. Know. yeah so we need to figure out what show that they're uh, gonna be producing here pretty quick mm. and then we need to start a podcast and say it's the podcast for that show just and change we'll- a letter around or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it, well and, and if we trademark it before they release it oh yeah then That'd be cool. <laughs> then, as soon as the sh- like anybody that searches for the podcast for that show, we would own it. Uh, well, I mean, technically, we be. we could try that too, but we would also be giving HBO very very strong grounds to issue cease and desist uh, because there there is history of cases for co- other companies trying to ride the same same wave of just slightly tweaking a word or a phrase around to get like some unintentional or intentional search traffic and stuff like that. But, oh no, I'm not changing anything. Yeah. I'm just going to trademark it before they do. There That's, you go. That, that'd, be, that'd be cool. We need the inside like someone... scoop. Yeah. yeah, we just need to figure out what, what new show is coming out. Yep. <laughs> All right. Yep. Well, I, I think we're due for Peacemaker Season 2 soon. I think that's on the horizon. Yeah, so. and you know John Cena is going to get ready for that. As jacked as that man already mm-hmm. is, he's going to get even more jacked. Yeah. I'm surprised he even fits in that costume. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I, I guess back to the season finale. So I guess the first half, without going into too much of your victory because you haven't seen it, it's kind of like uh, Joel and Ellie. They're kind of on their trek because they're trying. They're doing this nationwide trek to find this hospital to, because they're they're saying Ellie they could use her blood to find a cure. So that's kind of the build up for that. You kind of have these uh, final moments with Joel and Ellie, and it kind of brought back moments of the game uh, where it feels like you're playing an action platform where they're trying to find their way, navigate around, search, find find their way around, and stuff like that. And they're kind of sharing some intimate moments there. Uh, Paul first half of the episode did you thought they obviously you didn't seem you're really this did not work I mean, for you and it was pretty i mean uh predictable predictable yeah i, mean, I guess you i don't know, mind I, if the show is predictable i just care if it's good yeah and i mean the last episode wasn't too bad you know um the way it ended though i i thought that it was just gonna be the end of it i don't see why they would even go into a second season mm. well I, I just said because there's a they're staying pretty close to the games. They're switching some things up from the games. Yeah. Victor, I know how you mentioned before and just kind of reading some comparisons online. Uh, but there is a second Last of Us video game. So, so and yeah. so I've never played this video game, but yeah, in the video I. game, what do you what do you but spend you the most you've, of the time? You've doing? watched a friend play the whole thing though, yeah. right? Yeah. I've watched what, a friend what, play. What do you what do you do the majority of the time in that video game? So it's more so it's like an episodic video game. So you're basically going through the motions of it. Um, you're figuring out clues and you're also like understanding like how sh- this little girl pretty much is kind of, it's kind of like you know she's the like the i wouldn't well, say but, but, Paul, okay, but the, Paul, have the you, action aspect Paul, have you played, well, uh, what, what the, makes it engaging what, have, what, have you played uncharted oh, so the uncharted games I, yeah, I've, I've seen actually them. yeah that, think about it like it's, that it's so. the same developer yeah so if, but my, my, plays, my, i'm if, making a point here yep so what is the action element of that video game that people like to play 
I would say it's just it, it's like uh, like Dale said, it's like Uncharted, like the action aspect of it, like the monsters. And yeah, just, so you're, you're just trying like the scare factor. Of well, it, yeah, you're you trying know? to like you know survive from the clickers. Well, there's clicker, and then there's, there's also a, a bunch of human factions too. You're fighting yeah, against. Yeah. yeah, so there's okay. I wouldn't say there's like resistance people in there. I shouldn't say that. Just but like kind of like rogue mercenary groups. Yeah, kinda. like because the thing that dry, drove me nuts about this show was that the first episode was like there's this fungus that is like causing the apocalypse. Yeah. Everybody's trying to survive mm. these fungus people and they're like are, they're like monsters. Mm. And so like the first episode or two was really cool kind of seeing these monsters. Mm. And then after episode 2, no more monsters. Yeah. No, uh, no, no it's just uh, or a few here and there but not that many. Except for there's that one mid-season episode where there's a swarm of them. So yeah. Yeah, but that's just like a scene. Yeah. But the the entire this entire season, there was like one eighth of it yeah. had to do with the fungus and the clicker things. Yeah, the rest of it was just a soap opera. Yeah, I guess it didn't bother me that much because I, I, I know since it was based on the game, they had writers from the game working on it. The uh, Uncharted games and 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 Left for Us too on that front too. They're big on establishing character development yeah. and relationships between characters. So I kind of went into this show knowing that. So that it, that's why it did not bother me on that front. I, and I felt like we, we got enough uh, interactions with uh, infected uh, and some swarms and that. Could they have done I, more? Uh, absolutely, they yeah. could have done more. But I thought they did enough. I would have liked more, but I thought they kind of hit a good minimum, anyways. Well, and that's why, like with with Paul, I was the same way. I I was like you guys, like literally, I I already knew going into the show because I saw my friend play the game and when Paul like he just said like what makes it so action oriented was the monsters so when literally I was the same way literally when I watched the monsters literally this dude literally got in and you should see the makeup chair literally the dude stood like very taller than the guy was doing his makeup makeup and literally he just looked like just disgusting and so cool but then I knew I was like well they had to add some character aspects too maybe not the car commercial and if you you've seen the other shows we've done you'll know what we're talking about uh where it was really weird uh there the human aspect of it is there but just you didn't need to add like gay characters to make it more interesting if you're gonna add human aspect you didn't we we know you we get it you're a couple we get it but you didn't need to add that that didn't make anything interesting it just made it like okay we get it but so here's the thing that bothered me about it like with them just going and dealing with these different fractions of people mm. um, is that when they got rid of the clicker element of it, because I think that's what they're called anyway. Yeah. So when you take that, that is like the main premise of the show and you take that out. Mm. All I'm doing is watching the walking dead. Yeah. It's- like I'm, I'm just watching another uh, remake of the walking dead now. It was except instead of, they're not calling them zombies they're mm. calling them clicker, mm. but it's, you know, I, I should say The Walking Dead after, like, season four. Because, like, they don't even deal with zombies anymore. It's just, you know, humans going against humans. I mean, yeah. it's like, I, I've seen this I've seen this movie. Mm. You know, that's what pissed me just off Just same song it. and dance, kind of, mm, yeah. yeah. You're, it kind of got advertised as a big... I can see how it could be a little misleading in that front. Like, a, some misdirection where mm. it would be, Oh, yeah, expect... You see the previews, see the commercials, online trailers, mm. say, making this think like it's the nonstop zombies or infected every episode coming at you. But then you get some episodes of seasons which had none at all or maybe just one or two. Mm. Uh, and, and then others where they're just maybe... I thought, what, maybe two episodes where they had a couple 
big zombie swarms. Mm. So I can see how that could. I, I see where you're coming from, where it could be like, hey, this I was sold a false bill of goods here. Yeah, but I think it, it and just again to go off of what Paul had said, it's it's because of that Walking Dead aspect. Because like I said, when Negan came into the to the fray, that was when it all just took the zombies and just put them over here, and he made the dynamic just cut it in half because he was like this is how it is you're either going to join us or you're going to die and i think that's the aspect that they were going with in this show as well is that you either join them or you die and it's as simple as that except you don't see ne- uh indigo in the show when he beat people and co- like unconsciously he like killed them it's not like in the show where it's like well you know what here's the thing he, the resistance is you know pretty much evident uh there's going to be those who die instantly and there are going to be those who live and because again it's like in the video game you'll see this just war-torn city aspect of it there's just buildings and just demolished and everything and i thought it was so funny because it was kind of like watching the walking dead but it wasn't there were just aspects of it that it reminded me where humanity kind of went to the dark side which i thought was pretty cool because I at least wanted to see that. So. I guess to wrap it up on The Last of Us, so just kind of overall thoughts on the season as a whole. I I absolutely, I'd say other than a couple episodes where I thought they could have done some things differently, we kind of touched on on past episodes. I, I really liked it. I thought the last half of this, or this whole last episode as a whole, I was pretty much on board with it. I really like how it played out. And like, especially the back half of the episode, you know, again, I won't go into depth on it, Victor, because you know, I know you haven't seen it. It's just a few days old too. It's just yeah. this past Sunday. So, uh, I kind of like how it wrapped up. Maybe the last couple of minutes, they could have, sw- I thought that could have played out a little differently. I won't again go into details, but, uh, uh, I thought, and like, I kind of thought it was a little bit of a cliffhanger. It just kind of left me to go on the, see where they go next. They're ready for the next chapter of their journey. So, uh, yeah, overall, I've, other than a couple episodes, I'd say I probably really liked six or seven of the episodes of the nine. But yeah, I'm definitely on board. Want a season two. Looking forward to it. Paul, I got the feeling you are polar opposite. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, if there's a second season, I'll, if there's nothing else to watch, I'll probably watch it. If there's nothing else going on, yeah, no, yeah, I hear it. And, and you know, no, despite where we may be on different wavelengths on the show here, uh, I did feel like this show is like very few shows. It kind of recaptured that like kind of magic growing up watching TV, where destination viewing each week it was like good water cooler talk. Wait, did you see what they did on this week? You know, see this awesome monster scene or this zombie scene? Or can you believe they did that? That's so BS. And you know, I thought it did create that destination viewing water cooler talk that you know it's so hard to get nowadays. I love that. What I love about this is every time we talk about stuff, like Katie, Katie just seems like so lost. It, like she just seems so lost. I guess so. <laughs> She's like, I guess so. <laughs> I just Selective lo- hearing. No, if I just think, I, I thought it was funny because it's like you just look so lost. <laughs> like, what is? Yeah. This? <laughs> no, Katie is an awesome multitasker. You, she is. we, we appreciate you producing and being able to. You got so much stuff going on. Oh, Needless yeah. to say, I bet you are taking in as much spring break as you can. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, we need to move things along here, Victor. It's time for your action figure showcase. Yes. Now, is this? I, I know last week you was one of the figures you said you had a lot of hype. You did a we would highly encourage everyone to check out last week's action figure showcase. I think you said you had one more big figure in the works here too. Was that this week or is that still still to come? So it's still to come. But these ones, I honestly got them all together, and I was super excited because of of course Turtles Week being the way it was. I was like, well, I got to do it. 
because this was going to be awesome. All right, so I got a feeling with that little bit of uh, just subtle foreshadowing that I wonder what brand this week's figures are from. So, of course, this is one of the enemies of Ninja Turtles, which are my favorite alien dinosaurs called Triceratons. I recognize that kind of modeling and sculpturing there. That looks like a NECA figure. It is, and this is from the 1980, of course, cartoon of the same uh, name of the show. So I got this guy... I can make him stand a little a bit. Lion. And then, of course, I got the... Lion. No, lion. Or, or is that a tricer- Triceratops? Or? That is a Triceratops. Dinosaur, from the, the dinosaurs that kind of cross dimensions, right? With yes. the turtles? Yeah. Yeah, so these guys pretty much have their own race called Triceratons, and they are a race of alien dinosaurs is another one for you. And, of course, I had literally... These guys are... They always make it so hard to stand, but then, again, it's like, there you go. And very bendy. They are very bendy, which makes it so great. That's why I don't like that. Because again, you don't want it to collect dust, guys. You want it to actually do some poses and have play with it, you know, play with it. So then I got my custom one and I was like, let's put them all together and see how they are. So, and what did you do to yeah. hand, to customize this one yeah. here? So, the, yeah, and see, it oh, I love show. how the green screen That's is messing with it. Yeah, it doesn't show again. I don't have anything in my hand. Are you kidding me? Yeah, so yeah, this one I customized. Uh, so I took the body of Thanos because it was the right size and he has that alien body, which is really cool. And I painted uh, his suit was originally uh, blue and purple. So I thought, you know what? The gold aspect of his suit, I was like, this looks so badass. So I took the green paint, which turned out so great. And literally, I took my uh, Triceratops from uh, Jurassic Park 3. I then took the head off of that, literally plapped it onto this, used uh, the gi from my Sigma 6 uh, Storm Shadow, wrapped it around his neck just to make it fit and glued it on and it turned out great plus i took his tail of course from that figure and plopped it on here because they have tails and i thought you know bing bang boom i seeing is how they that is quite how long would you say that all took to put together that actually took me oh i want to say two years to do it two took, years yeah because wow. liter- because literally and i'm going to give you guys like the the fair warning Literally, I was looking for a Tricer- uh, Triceraton figure for years, and I could never find one, and it pissed me the hell off, because I was like, dude... Don't how mess I- with your figures. Yeah, like, literally, they kept promising and promising. I'm like, you never came out with one. You always kept saying, oh, we're going to deliver it. Oh, we're going to deliver it. I sure had, you were. I had a Triceraton uh, action figure turtle when I was yeah. a kid. Yeah, you had the Playmates one, but because they had Playmates doing it, because they had done two ones that were re- released along when the show was originally airing, right? Yes, but see, the funny thing was is that they had the one that he's talking about, which I did have as well. The guy that uh, I went yeah, to it was a like pon- my, it was like my favorite toy. Yeah, and it was the same way. Like literally, they had done a re-release for that. Like, years ago. So they had done, for the Playmates, so if you had the original one, which was made by Playmates, and then Playmates did a re-release of that, which I bought, which was cool, but I wanted the real deal Holyfield, because they were going to come out with the gritty one from the Mirage comics first. So, but they didn't ever, they kept talking about it and hyping it up, and everyone pre-ordered it, and I thought, well, why do I have to wait when I can just make my own? And so I literally had this in my collection, and I thought, I took the Triceratops that I had from my collection of Jurassic uh, park figures and I thought I could just take the body of this and then do it because it took me years to do it but I was like this is what hard work gets you and so I did that and 
Bing, bang, boom. Oh, here we go. And I'm digging I, this. And then, of course, I Casey got... Casey Jones. Yeah, I got the Casey Jones, you know? And I, and I literally... That's the original, right? Yeah, this is the original this, Yeah, one. is that Playmates then, or... Yep, yeah, this is Playmates. So this was for Super 7's release. So they had, like I said, they had took the old figures, which I thought... When Paul mentioned that, which I thank you for, Paul, um, they had literally re-released all these guys for this line. And I thought, okay, this is going to be cool. So I had to get my hands on Casey. And if you see him just looking as menacing as he does. Now, in the original uh, 80s cartoon, of course, he wasn't as sly as he was. He was just very, like, lawbreaker. I'll teach you to desecrate our fair playgrounds. And so he was just basically like his favorite cop shows that he Growing watched. up with the Turtles cartoon, they always made Casey Jones seem like the coolest dude to hang with on the he, planet. He was, and he just he just doesn't give a crap. Oh. He just like beats the crap out of criminals with the sports equipment. He keeps it a golf bag, and he did. Or I'm like, carrying around a good old yeah. duffel bag full of you know your sporting goods. Yeah, you know? and literally he just is menacing, and he hangs out with Raphael, and he just like the first time they met each other, they wanted to beat the crap out of each other. But I love the fact that they teamed up and just started just bruising every criminal from Purple Dragon to the Foot Clan, and like I said, I was just happy to get all these guys and, of course, customize this guy, which took me a year, but I was so happy that it took so long because I wanted to make him as perfect so I could literally place him all with these guys, and he looks just as perfect as he does with everyone here. So, I mean, I know you can't all see it because it's on the bottom, but this is where they are right now. So I I, I may have to get a photo of these uh, with you here a little later in the show here. with You got a a nice stand-up here. Maybe I'll post it on our social media here because yeah, that's nice, nice, cool, nice, awesome. What a week to do this action figure showcase with all the, these awesome turtle figures you did for the week you saw turtles in the theater. I was just so happy, literally. Like the, I, my my boys in green were on the big screen to, like this week, and I just couldn't believe like they just seeing them take on the shredder was just so cool, and literally just seeing the shredder as menacing as he is. Which again, I'm taking a photo, everyone. Yeah, there we go. We'll get this. We'll, we'll get a show for you. On your socials there, so boom. and and literally, guys, it was just it was just so cool to get to go back to the turtles again. Like, and I thought, like I said, it was just like playing the video games again. And I hadn't played a video game in years. And being on okay, this show, literally not this show completely, but uh, the Pixel show. Oh, and when you, when you had you on for playing Turtles game on the yeah. Pixel Pros a few weeks back, yeah, and make sure to look that one up. You had a blast, man. You're in having so, to look like the whole time. Literally, you were playing. like I was having so much fun. Paul beat the crap out of everybody in the fighting. Oh, in the fighting like, game, yeah. Yeah, like literally, I was oh, like, <laughs> Katie's like, that's robbery. Are you kidding me? But, uh, you know, I was thinking about something with the turtles the other day. I don't know why this just randomly popped into my head. But, you know, they wear their, uh, their bandanas. Oh, yeah, bandanas, yep. Why, why do they wear them and they have the eye holes? Like, would they normally be, like, above your eye, like, if you're wearing a bandana? Or if well, you were wearing it, like, it would be a blindfold. Well, originally, yeah, <laughs> it would probably be a blindfold. So, um, in the original comics, they all had red. So, they all had red bandanas. They didn't have, like, their multicolored-like ones when it changed for a new demographic. So, they were just all red, no coloring, no anything. And usually, like, like Paul said, yeah, you would probably be a blindfold, but see... Uh, I, I think, yeah, the way they're wearing it and the way it's designed, it looks like your traditional blindfold, but yeah, I think to sound cooler on the show, they just called them bandanas. Yeah, they were bandanas. <laughs> no, no, my, my point is, is why wouldn't they just wear, a, wear it above their eyes? They, but they did, and that was the thing, was um, 
they had originally because they were well they were ninjas obviously but then uh so what they did for the uh 1997 live action uh turtles tv show was that they all had the same designs that they did but the only thing was is that they all wore um their bandanas kind of like a pirate shape way um and they did this for turtles in time as well in the comic books as well where they had like these pirate shaped bandanas where it went fully over their head and on the mask you'll see it like this and so it was a full bandana but then of course in the original ones they always just had it like this kind of like a blindfold but with like the bandana not in the back yeah yeah and they, but they didn't do it like in the new the ones in turtles in time and of course you know in the live action shows they had them like literally a full bandana on their head and they just tied it together and oh. it was just so badass so. well victor i think this is definitely one of your easy top five of your action figure showcases yet can't uh, wait to see what you have next week for us next week is going to be good hopefully they'll they'll get their crap together and actually <laughs> release the figures raise it, raise some help the figure stores victor <laughs> well I, and i have but like i said this is um because the only one I have left to even get, so I have all the Triceratons that I want, but the w- last one is the one that I've been hoping for, which was the Mirage Studios uh, from the comic book, which is Zod, which was the last one that they had purchased because they had already re-released everything and they were going to do the comics one next because we already had the last Ronin figures come out. Now the Mirage Studios one from the comic books, that's what I've been waiting for, but they said they were going to release it this well, year. Stay tuned to next week to find out. And, uh, Victor, I thought that was really cool how you said this is just very synergetic with seeing it at the River Cinema on the Flashback Uh, Cinema Movie of the Week. uh, Really quickly, just because I'm curious, uh, because you might know this. um, So with the, what did you say there, the Playtel? Oh, Playmates? Playmates. Playmates. So... The there were rock soldiers in the turtles, right? Yes. And so they had the, and did didn't they have one and it actually like it would fold in and turn into like a, a rock? And then you could unfold it and it would be like a little rock man. I know they did have those ones. Yeah, they did okay, have that, those that was ones. turtles. Yeah. Okay. Yep, they did have those ones because those were crane soldiers from Dimension X. Yeah, Dimension X, yeah. yeah I remember those. Gosh, yeah. But, they those later seasons of the Turtles original cartoon, they went places. Yeah, and they literally because Playmates said you can do whatever you want. Uh, and they literally did. They had like so many like figures like Toka and Rajar, which they did originate in the eighties cartoon for those who who saw the uh other movie, which is the 1991 movie, uh, The Secret of the Ooze, everyone thought, oh, well, these are this movie characters. No, they were actually uh, toys. Then they became characters in the 80s uh, cartoon, and then, they, of course, they became the live action. So, yeah, fun fact. There you go. You got a ton of them. Like I said, can't wait to see what you have for us next week. I'm excited. And I really liked how this played off you seeing uh, the Turtles movie out of the Flashback Cinema movie of the week at the River Cinema 15. And speaking of them, we want to make sure to give them a shout-out because you can make them your next dinner in a movie destination. Both of them are located inside the River Mall in East Grand Forks. Now, you can either dine inside the movie memorabilia late in restaurant the Shire or take your meal to the movie you'll be attending. Now, Victor just mentioned River Cinema does a cool thing, Flashback Movie of the Week. That's where they play a random movie, acclaimed, usually an acclaimed or well-regarded movie of the past, for one or two weeks. And you can find the complete listings of all the movies playing, what the Flashback Movie of the Week is, on their website at rivercinema15.com. I know some of the ones I've seen there in the past like were Clue, mm-hmm. The Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah. yeah, it's always cool seeing classic vintage Flashback movies on the big screen again, or for the first time. Don't forget, Tuesday is $5 movies all day long, and the $5.50 Senior Matinee Special on Wednesday and Thursdays. As you can see in the video screen behind me, River Cinema 15 has multiple theaters with luxury recliners, expanded concessions, and now serving 
adult beverages, and it's family-owned and operated by the same company that also runs the Grand Theater in Crookston. And for their showtimes, you can check out morefamilytheaters.com. All right, got some new releases to kind of sneak a peek at here this week. Got four of them that kind of caught my eye. Three streaming, one theatrical. Streaming on Netflix this week is Luther, The Fallen Son. We're all fans of Idris Elba here on the show here. Oh, that guy's a badass. So he's the main star in this show. It's actually the sequel to a TV series yes. where uh, Idris Elba plays John Luther, who breaks out of prison to hunt down a sadistic serial killer who is terrorizing London. And mm-hmm. this is available on Netflix right now. Victor, I think you're giving me a little nod of recognition here. You're familiar with the TV show? Yes, and dude just goes, he's just like, you're, he's like Dirty Harry, but, th- <laughs> but think of him like more as just, just this rugged cop who doesn't give a crap about anything. He's just in your face. He'll, like, he'll literally do what Batman does. If you don't give him the answers he wants, he'll like literally hold you over a ledge and then literally the guy's like screaming like, please don't drop me. He's just one of those cops. I'm like, yeah, let's go. And then the, and the cool thing too is that Andy, uh, Andy Serkis who, of course, is not only a great actor, but he's also done so much motion captures for King Kong, Planet of the Apes, uh, which he is really, really well known for. He is playing the villain in this movie, and I really can't wait to see it. So, yeah, that's on Netflix right now. Uh, Another streaming release this week, a new series on Paramount Plus called School Spirits, where the first two episodes drop last Thursday, and it stars... Peyton List as a former high school student who roams the afterlife investigating her own disappearance and murder. She meets a group of fellow spirits played by Nick Pugilis and Milo Mannheim who guide her through her this new phase of her post-life as she's trying to put everything together. Um, also, Victor, did that one catch your eye? Or? It did. Um, she also... Uh, the- Actress who played uh, in this Peyton List, uh, she you might know her from the Cobra Kai series, Ooh. and she oh yeah, she's it, like uh, uh, the the main uh, the one that the love interest for the main uh, yeah the so main the, guy, yeah. She, yeah she was in the triangle uh, or I should say in this case reptangle yeah. <laughs> relationship with that they all had uh, which I'm really excited to see next because I want to see how that dynamic plays out. But yeah, look, look at all these guys, man. Yeah, they're she's just awesome in Cobra Kai. Like yeah. literally, they're just popping out of the woodwork, and ever since Cobra Kai, they've been getting. Every Everything. So they uh, even the the black kid uh, who uh, Johnny's son was mentoring. He's doing McDonald's commercials, and now of course. Uh Mr. Reyes, who also is in Cobra Kai, uh, Johnny's pupil, is also going to be in Blue Beetle very soon. So everyone's just, you know, They're getting finding success left. off Cobra like, Kai. That's like really literally. good. Yeah, not, I'm proud of them. So I'm like, yeah, let's go. All right. Uh, next up, we got Unprisoned, a new streaming series on Hulu. And it stars Carrie Washington as a single mother who has to adopt a new normal after her father is released from prison and moves in with her as her family attempts to reconcile. I guess I've seen this has been getting pretty solid buzz in critics' circles, at least the first uh, this initial batch of episodes here so i actually do want to see that that looks really good it was funny too and it's on hulu right now and then the main theatrical one we kind of foreshadowed it a little earlier in the show the the second movie in the series shazam fury of the gods and it's continuing uh the saga of teenage billy batson upon reciting the magic word shazam is transformed into a superhero alter ego shazam aka captain marvel from years past (laughs) but uh uh and it looks like it's bringing probably seen the trailers they 
Uh, Warner's putting a ton of uh, budget into the promotion for this film because it's almost yeah. inescapable to see trailers. Is it safe to say we've all seen trailers before a YouTube video for this film? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah like even, yes. Super, even yeah. Super Bowl week. Like, yes. They were hyping on it hard. <laughs> yeah, Shazam, and looks like they're building up the superhero family dynamic that you kind of got. They kind of teased at the end of the first film mm. there, so... Uh, how are you guys feeling going to the Shazam 2? Excited to see it? Think you may see it? Mm, yeah, I'm, ex- I'm, ex- I'm excited to see it just because, you know, it's it's just nothing but fun. It's supposed to be fun. So, I, And I know what they're going to do is they're going to they're gonna basically take this one and Aquaman, uh, respectively, and they're going to, like, basically keep these guys in the same lane that they're doing. But then after this, it's going to be like, whoop. This one where James Gunn, we talked about in the past, re- the reboot or yeah. the flat, was it Flash? Point. Yep. Yeah. So for the, to restart the DC universe. Yep. Yeah. And it's just gonna get really crazy once so, that movie hits. Yeah. So. We'll see. Our, I'll, I'll probably try and go and see it. Just kind of an event, uh, so I can go back and forth with me on next week's mm-hmm. show. I, I try and make it out to the newest superhero movies each week. And like I said at the beginning of the show, I know this one's more kind of more family oriented, more for kids. I I thought it was all right the first one, so I'm sure this one will have at least be good to see on the big screen for the big action moments and special effects and whatnot. Yeah, and I and I know they're going to plan something pretty good in it, so I mean, Helen Mirren's in it, Lucy Liu's in it, and I haven't seen Lucy Yeah, it's Liu. been it's been a minute yeah, since we've seen, seen Lucy Liu. Yeah. I haven't seen Lucy Liu since oh, since Charlie Charlie's Angels and Kill Bill and uh I know she did a, a detective show not too long ago like back in the early 2000 2010s also so man yeah so this is pretty good i'll say to say stay tuned next week for a review yeah very so all right i uh, got some plugs to get out of the way before we wind down the show here for, uh, we already gave a ton of hype for the gfbs three-year anniversary special that's this friday at 11 a.m and over the it's going to be going on for a good chunk of the day make sure to tune into that that's going to be a fun time with a lot of past and present gfbs hosts and guests to talk with throughout the day uh, uh earlier today on the gfbs wednesday interview i interviewed daniel Belinsky, writer and producer for the upcoming film end of the rope a film about a major moment in north dakota history and filmed in north dakota and yeah that was an awesome time just picking his brains about the whole filmmaking process and some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, I got access to an early screener copy of the film. I can't go into details about it. I wanted to review it because the film hasn't officially started its screening tour, but uh, definitely check out that interview. We got a trailer we played during the show, too. Really good times picking his brain about End of the Rope. Also coming up on our other movie review show on GFBS on this Friday's new episode of Weird Cinema, uh, Icky Ichabod, and we, he, me, Icky Paul, we'll all be covering Return to Oz. Uh, I know this was a Paul pick to cover, and I know until you brought it up a couple weeks ago, I had no idea this sequel existed. <laughs> I, I never really hear it talked about in critic circles. So It is not a kid's movie, that's for sure. <laughs> I was about to say, that is not a kid's movie. I don't know who told you that was a kid's movie. That is not a kid's movie. It's PG. It's on Disney+. Plus. You see the way it's listed on Disney+, Plus. it makes you think you're in for another round of family-friendly fr- fun with uh, Wizard of Oz crew again. <laughs> Just like 50 years later or so. <laughs> yeah, they should have made that They should have made that R, because that is not... That's like, what, that's like the witches, yeah. man. That is not a kid-friendly well, movie. <laughs> tune in this Friday at 9 Shoot. to find out more about it. We'll, we'll be reviewing it there right after the GFBS three-year anniversary special. So, yeah, make sure to check it out. And, yeah, those are just some of the shows you can find on GFBS uh, uh, by searching GFBS on your favorite podcast, social media, and streaming audio apps. We do over a dozen shows every week. So, yeah, just tune in and find out. All right, guys, quick takes. Let's wind down. 
Katie, it's been a while since you've been on here. Uh, I know you said yeah, you've been tied up with school, so obviously your viewing time has been in... Uh, it's been it's it's been visited by the fun yeah. of school. So, but this you're on spring break. I had a chance to watch much, Damn. catch up on any TV shows, or just mostly doing the YouTube thing. I've just been relaxing. I'm not gonna lie. Still, really still at least up. making some fun trips to the Sea Boys Land. Oh yeah, watch YouTube. Um, and I've been on TikTok more, obviously, because I have more time. So. And yeah. It's so is that like a daily session then? Like a, you kind of wind down in the, the day. Oh, let's catch up on like a half hour of TikTok videos or something. Is yeah. that kind of like a thing? It's the stuff you see on there. It's funny, you know. And then once you start scrolling, you know, you keep on. It's the power this of social the, media. Addiction scrolling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I had, a, I had phases like that. I'm like, all right, you know, YouTube subscribers. Maybe like on like a Friday or Saturday, there's a few subscribers I like to keep up with their latest videos. Carve out an hour on the weekend and catch up with some certain YouTube videos. That's why I have not even downloaded the tiktok app there i'm like i do not need another social media app to get addicted to but i I know other people that do the same thing they wind down their day with like an hour or half hour of tiktok videos that's like your comfort food comfort viewing food (laughs) yeah comfort food for for your uh streaming there my eyes yeah yeah (laughs) no yeah yeah you got any pro pro tip recommendations for tiktok uh feeds to subscribe to for the viewers barstool barstool all day every day I know I've seen Barstool Sports stuff before online, their website. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's, all, I got. And that's all you got for quick takes? Yep. All right. Mr. Paul. Well, we already talked about The Last of Us. Um, waiting for the season finale of, what was it called? Wolves or something? What it, no, oh, Wolf, oh, the Pack? Wolf Pack. Yeah. Wolf Pack, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's basically turning into Twilight. Turning into Twilight. <laughs> I knew, yeah, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. At this point, you're just, just kind of writing it out just to see how it goes. I'll see the season finale, but I probably won't watch the second episode, like the second season. What is it with people in Twilight? They, you think that you're, oh, what, sparkly vampires or that they where they, I'm going to tell you guys, and I'm telling you it probably a million times, but it's true. Those are not werewolves. Those are actual wolves. They're a species of wolves. A werewolf is a man who is a wolf that stands on his hind legs, has sharp claws and teeth, and rips people so to shreds. That, that is one thing I will give this show credit for, is that they do actually make the werewolf, like, look like a werewolf, like awesome, yeah, like underworld, underworld, yeah, like underworld the, caliber, yeah, yeah, like actually the probably, probably even more badass than the underworld ones. So, uh, um, those ones are pretty savage. So, so I mean, if they name the show Wolfpack, they have wolf in the title. They better deliver on having some pretty killer looking wolves. Yeah, and and, it, and there is you know there is a bit of gore in there, and you know so it, you know when the wolf kills, it does get you know R rated. Oh, <laughs> but <sad>. but then <laughs> Katie is Katie. feeling for the wolves. That is sad. But but the thing is, like, it's this R-rated show with this Twilight background to mm. it. So it's re- it's a really weird watch. Uh, Just uh-huh. yeah, hey, the people they're they're trying new things out there in the entertainment world. I guess. Yeah, I guess. That's uh, that's uh, you know maybe they're they're thinking you know the Twilight generation has grown up. So let's give them that same kind of you know maybe they can now handle the R-rated gore and violence. But let's still give them their their you know their their teen level. Like storytelling. Yeah. I was about to say, if they couldn't handle that from the beginning, I mean, you go in like hardcore, like, and, and this is coming from a man who loves creatures. Like, oh, I'm talking like Dracula, Wolfman, the Invisible Man, even the Mummy. I'm talking like werewolf films like Dog Soldiers and the Wolfman, like the 2000, not, well, the 2019 one, not the 
other not the original one the original one was cool too but that one was like with blood and gore and you know his ripping heads off so like that's a wolf man to me so paul other quick takes for the week uh so waiting for the season finale of uh carnival roll uh second season that show is also a trip that's that one i'm mixed on i mean uh, the the special effects and and everything is good about it but it's just it's like it's really difficult to to follow what's going on Mm. you know but it, and this this one is graphic, uh, very graphic, and but they have like some really cool creature creations. You'd almost think that it was like Guillermo del Tarmo is mm-hmm. like a you know co-producer of this or something because the monsters that they put it in are they're just, right up to that level. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're cool. They're su- they're super cool, very creative. But you know the the the, I, the characters are just not very likable, mm. and the story is just like really difficult to follow. Mm. But it has this like weird entertainment value of it that you're like, okay, well, I, I like this, but I, I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and funny thing that Paul said that, yeah, I think because they had originally, when I watched it, I thought, okay, so I, I followed this, but then it completely goes like left field. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. What, what happened to this? We're, 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 we're just talking about him investigating this, but no, it's just like, whoop, just literally just I think, just totally I think what it is, they got too many character, like too many side character. So things. just a little yeah. too much to keep up with. It, it can be yeah. that. It can or be that you feel there's sometimes. more characters you want more scenes out of. It, well, no, it's not even so much that. It's that, you know, you're jumping from story to story to story depending on the character that you're following so it's almost like watching you know four different stories Mm. in in like basically like you know so one city but so they're all in the same city Mm. but it's like four different stories and and it's all supposed to tie together but you're just like kind of like what the heck is going on yeah yeah they did they they do that a lot which is fine it's like um batman gotham night where they have six interlocking stories and they just go from one to the next and like paul said it's really like hard because again it's good but it's a lot to keep up with well yeah and it's it's i love how they do it but it's like again it's so quick so like you just heard about this fairy now you hear about this other monster do do they at least do like a good like at the beginning of each episode, no, previously on last week's show, they keep you up to speed. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I I found out more and more doing this show the last year and a half here is uh, our uh, streaming show really helps by the value of its previously on to to kick off the episode because that just helps you keep up with the many, many story arcs. So, I mean, this is like, the I guess, the thing that bothers me about it. So, you know, like you have Orlando Bloom and he's got this girl... um, Butterfly, I can't remember their name. The, the, oh, uh, the, yeah. The, the phase, yeah. I think they're called. Mm. And then you also have this uh, relationship between this, uh, I think it's a pike or a puck or something, but it's a guy that basically looks like a ram, and he's dating this white chick. And so they have the, this story between those two, but I'm like, what does that have anything to do uh. With Orlando Bloom's character mm. and that story, like mm. the two of them, like have nothing to do with each other, mm. but for some reason they're constantly going back and forth between these two, yeah. these two people. Like, mm. so am, I, am I watching disjointed. a show about this yeah. thing, or am I watching a show about this thing, or mm. do they are they supposed to meet? Like, what is going on? It doesn't make any sense. Hopefully. It kind of reminds me of uh, the comic book Fables. So Fables talks about all these fairy tale characters who live in this area, just like in the show we're talking about. And the funny thing is, like, the character like Orlando Bloom, um, it's kind of like Bigby Wolf. He's a detective who literally, he is just, like, 
involved with everybody. So he, because he's like, he's kind of like, uh, think of Orlando Bloom as like the sheriff of that place. He literally makes sure everyone is in line and has their own little world. So like, it's kind of like what you see in Hellboy. You see the humans have their side, the monsters have their side, and everyone's just copacetic. Okay. And it's really, it's really cool. Like Paul said, it's a really cool show. When I first tuned into it, because I, I love Orlando Bloom, no matter what he does, but then the monster aspect is so cool. Like, you see everybody. So like, you, you said season finale coming up, like one more episode left, it seems yep, like? I think there's one more episode left. And which uh, service or channel is that on again? HBO Max. Uh, HBO yeah, Max. And then there's uh, FX, too. Uh, funny thing about that. I don't know why they just didn't have it on FX instead of just HBO Max, but yeah, they just said it on the FX, too, so... All right, Paul, I think I see one or two more things you may have on here for your quick takes. Oh, yeah, well, I was like, I watched, because um, I couldn't find anything to watch. I watched Elysium with Tom Cruise again. That came out years ago. Mm. For some reason, and, I'm thinking, wasn't Elysium uh, uh, Matt Damon? Yeah, oh, yeah, you're... Uh, no, you're, no, no, maybe I'm thinking of something else. Yeah, you're, there's a movie that came out right around the same time, but that was, um, and they're very similar. Okay, yeah. But, no, it's not Elysium, because... God, what the heck was the name of that one? Now I know yeah, Tom Cruise it, similar time frame. I think so, maybe, no, you're, maybe you're, Oblivion. No, no. So no. Uh, no. So you're talking about. So there is a Tom Cruise one that's called Oblivion, but then there's another one with Matt Damon called it Elysium. Elysium. Oh, no, Elysium no, with no, an I. No, Elysium is with Tom Cruise and Oblivion was was with Tom Cruise. But there is a Matt Damon show yeah, that there, looks very similar to Elysium, but yeah. it isn't. Okay, um, I'll, I'll figure out what it is. But anyway, so basically he gets uh, they go into battle. He gets. Uh, the blood of this alien on him that can, like, they time travel. Uh-huh. So they take over planets so they can constantly correct their mistakes. And now he has this power. Uh-huh. But the thing is, it's, it's an entertaining movie. It's kind of cheesy. But the thing that, like, I would have remade this movie because it cracks me up because it's like, it's almost like a Groundhog Day. Oh, okay. Yeah. You yeah. Know, like every, a time loop. Every, yeah. sing, every single time he dies, he starts over at the same exact uh, beginning point before oh. he goes into oh. battle. And he has to try to... It sounds like another Tom Cruise movie. Are you possibly getting it mixed up with Live, Die, Repeat, Edge what, of no, Tomorrow? Oh, oh, wait, yeah, Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. yeah that that was sounds actually, exactly like Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, I think Edge of Tomorrow was Matt Damon. No, no, that, no. no that was Matt Tom, Damon's no, Elysium. Yeah, that was Elysium. So Matt Damon is Elysium, because I was like, I know I was right about that, because I was like, wait, no. Tom, uh, Matt Damon was Elysium, and then Tom well, Cruise I, 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 I don't, don't want to be like... I'm not, I'm not trying to be like snarky about it or anything, but neither no, am I. Neither am I. I'm just saying, like, yeah, we. I've seen it where it's like, find me when you wake up, and Olivia, uh, or not Olivia, but uh, oh, yeah, no, you, yeah, you are right. Every, yeah, we were being snarky. I was like, wait a minute, yeah, because Elysium had uh, Matt Damon and, that, Jody, like, and Jody Foster. Oh, yeah, yep. So I was watching Edge of Tomorrow. Yep. Okay. I did yeah. have it confused. Because okay. I was like, wait a minute, what? Yeah, I, was like, yeah, I, I know you I get, I get so many movies to keep up with. I get, and like, like I said, similar time frame, too. So, yeah, so Edge of, so you guys have seen Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. oh, I love Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah but uh, so it's kind of like, like I said, you know, it's kind of like Groundhog Day. And mm-hmm. the thing that cracked me up is like, I would have totally rewrote the end of this movie because, like, every time he, you know, he's about to like get to the next point, yeah. and then he dies, he's like, Mother. <laughs> and, then, and then he'll wake up and he'll go and then he'll get hit by something else. Mother. <laughs> and so I wanted to see, like, at the very, very end of the movie, because they said that um, if one of the blue monsters gets killed, mm-hmm. then the alien will have its power back. Mm. And so what I wanted him to do was like finally kill the boss alien mm. and then have one of those blue things come out. And yeah. then one of his like uh, partners in crime, like 
shoot it and kill it, and then him just say, mother, and then just roll credits. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that, that should have been a deleted scene. That would have been awesome. <laughs> mother. Oh, man. Yeah, love Agent of Marvel. That's, yeah, probably one of my, that's probably top tier Tom Cruise there. I love, yeah. the, I love the exosuits that they made. It just, it's just like in Elysium, but like the, these were like full mecha suits, and even Emily Blunt said when they put them on, dude, like she's like, literally, when you put these things on, like they are heavy as shit. Oh, like, they're, they're, like, they're basically the exact same suit that they use an avatar yeah except for the these ones like they actually couldn't do visual effects they had to do it like practical so they literally like put the weight on them and they literally were like walking around being all badass and stuff and the swords they had there too like the when i love when she like cuts the propeller off of the helicopter and literally just cuts all these aliens like nothing i'm like dude emily blunt's so cool i love her oh i think i see one more from you yeah so i ended up watching a power rangers movie again yo how how that came to you was it like a family movie night or you're just like like just oh, no, you know what? Just Power Rangers couldn't find anything to watch, and I was like, <laughs> I just got tired of scrolling. And so, but I thought this was going to be the the a different one. I thought it was going to be the one that came out prior to this one because this one, after watching it, I was like, well, this is actually a legitimately like good movie. Yeah, like, actual theatrical production values. Yeah, I mean, the the first forty minutes of the movie it doesn't even really have anything to do with like Power Rangers nope. so much. It's but it's like. It's definitely not like for kids. It's no. like it's a teenager movie. Yeah. For sure. Exactly. I mean, it would scare the crap out of my four year old. Uh, definitely uh, not like your cookie cutter TV episode uh, of the Power Rangers. Yeah, and the special effects are awesome. And yeah, I mean, I think that they just they really did a great job with it. The only thing that I didn't like was at the end when they made the Megazord, mm. they just made him into a mech. Like it didn't look like you know, each dinosaur piece or anything. He basically just turned into Optimus Prime. That's what I thought, too. But I, I love the fact that, you know, of course, Kimmy and the late Mr. Jason David Frank, who is no longer with us, sadly, he's my personal hero. He was in the movie as well. I love that him and Kimberly were in the movie. Uh, they did a small little cameo, as you see in the movie. But I really, like I said, Paul, I watched this movie in theaters. I was like, Paul, like, this was Power Rangers to me, like, in a teenage But you're really perfect age for it, too, at that time, Oh, huh? yeah. And it just it was just so cool to see, like, they had brought this, back the franchise. This so. would have been a cool one to have a sequel to. Yeah. Because like, a sequel to this, they could have done a lot so with. So when, yeah. when did this hit theaters about, would you say? Was it, like, a, a, quite a few years after the TV show ran its course, that original line of the show? Oh, this, or? One, this one is probably only, like, maybe 10 years old. Oh, 10 years yeah. old. Yeah, yeah probably, yeah. Oh, so it's kind of like a... Okay, I got you. So kind of like an unofficial, like, reunion of the cast. Or so. In no, this, no, it's, 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 it's all new cast. No, no that, that wasn't not the like the original one back in the nineties, like when they made the movie. No, this was the new one, like the new new one. So it had like uh, Elizabeth Banks was Rita uh, Repulsa in there, and she had they wanted to cast her anyway because she wanted to be in the movie because she loved Power Rangers too. Okay, so. yeah, I'm remembering the preview. So yeah, all new original movie, all new cast, yeah. but with cameos from the original cast here yeah. and there. Well, funny thing is, Brian Cranston, who played Zordon, he actually was in the original Power Rangers. For those of you who do not know, he was in the original Power Rangers. Really? So, yeah, he was in the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. He played a small little role in there, but he was in there. And he played Zordon for, I want to say, a bit of the seasons? Uh, I want to say, like, through season three through four, if I'm not mistaken. But I know he was in there for quite a, the, quite a long time. So. One thing I was kind of curious about, too, because you might be able to answer this, because like the whole premise of it is, uh, Rita, she's trying to make her giant Goldar, mm. Goldar, mm. you know, by collecting all this gold to make the giant thing. Mm. Um, but is Goldar, is that the, um, in the original Power Rangers, like 
the gold suited like lion looking yep, guy. Yep, that's him. That's okay, him. <laughs> yeah. I was like, God, I, I was like, yeah, it's got the wings and everything. Like that must, that's got to be him. I love him. He's one of my favorite <laughs> villains in there. They always like have him as a secondary character, but I loved in the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers when he got into the fight with Tommy. It was so badass. I loved it. <laughs> I love that they referenced that in the movie as well. So, Paul, any other quick takes for the week? No, I think I pretty much covered everything. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> we're kind of running along here, so we got a really lightning round. Uh, these uh, the rest of these here. Um, I'll just say for now, I'll make mine super quick here. I already talked about End of the Rope. Make sure to check out my interview with Daniel Belinsky from earlier today. Uh, we already talked about Last of Us. I saw the latest episode of Picard. I'll probably say it's the best episode of the entire series, all three seasons so far, because they had a really cool old-school TNG feel with Picard and Riker kind of going on a mission in a space battle. Like It felt like a next-generation space battle, but like with theatrical budget and quality here, so pulling off the impossible to overcome just... In, unstoppable odds so uh other than that keeping up with a and e documentary uh wwe series are still doing they did a great one on china capturing her super highs and her super lows and how she kind of made broke waves for for women of wwe so uh, again high recommendation on that and then finally latest south park on hbo max where it's all about randy getting a new toilet and he discovered the joys of japanese bodets so just imagine where it goes from there no i just watched one i just watched one yesterday uh i think this was the latest one okay uh, i might be an episode behind yeah but it's but it's about chat gpi oh yeah <laughs> and they they're using it to respond to their girlfriend's texts oh my God. and oh, no. it is hilarious <laughs> I, I don't watch south park that often but this like this episode was fantastic so make sure you watch the uh the south park with the chat latest GPI. one with chat chat it's, gpi it's crazy how <laughs> up to date they stay with the latest going on in the news and and, and just pop culture scene yet because that's just within the last few months what that's been in the news so all right victor uh your quick well, takes um like i said i'm just excited for the marvel and dc movies that are coming out this year um crazy crazy new movies also i'm excited for that uh, Marvel and DC, of course, they have been talking a lot about like the Flashpoint, especially Shazam that's coming out, which is I, I'm going to very be excited about. Aquaman's coming out very soon, and of course, can't wait to see my boy Michael Keaton don the bat suit again, which I'm really excited for. Um, of course, and I have to say this uh, because this is actually my own personal quick take. Um, I can't tell you guys, enough, and I know the, of course, the anniversary. I was going to say this at the anniversary, but I want to say it now because this really meant a lot to me. Um, I can't thank you guys enough for having me on here. Um, the first time I had met these three wonderful people, honestly, was just really crazy. Like I said, I w went to the movie. I was just working in the comic book store, and these guys were on uh, their live show, and we were doing it for Firestarter. Yeah, Firestarter, live on location. Yeah, and literally, Miss Nancy, of course, she went to go and talk to them, and she's like, I don't know very much, but why don't you get you know my boyfriend, Victor, here? And literally, that was the very first time I had talked to these guys, and then ever since then, it had been just a journey, and this this was one of the greatest journeys I ever been on with these guys, and I can't believe literally I get to be a part of the the anniversary. And again, so many years, like literally. And this is I'm I'm just feel like I'm I'm a new cast member to this, but it's just like again. You know, oh, you've been here for almost a year, man. Yeah, but I mean, like, just I, I feel like I'm a new cast member again, just be, being on this show and just coming with you guys on the. This anniversary is just incredible, so I thank you guys so much. Give you the applause. You want, you want to know my prediction for uh, the you know Michael Keaton's Batman because that's the Flash, right? So yes. Kind of doing that multiverse thing again. Mm -hmm. Is at the end of it, this will send chills down your spine. Mm. 
But what I think will, what I think would be a cool ending is that after they go through all this, because you know they're going back and they're going into the Michael Keaton time and everything, mm-hmm. is all of a sudden you see Jack Nichol, Nicholson or Nicholas. yeah, n- no Nicholson. You're Nick, right. I, I always get Nicholson and Nicholas. Mm-hmm. I'm with so, the golfer. <laughs> yeah. So Jack Jack Nicholson. As a Joker saying, wait till they get a load of me. I really and then they're oh, gonna roll and then they're gonna roll credits. Yeah, if they do that, I will literally lose my <laughs> shit. Oh my oh, god, I'll lose my shit if it happens. Gosh. Yeah. Literally just see, hearing him say that literally just oh, it goes back to that that eighty and eighty nine where he's like literally he wipes the blood off the newspaper, reads it, and then says, Wait, they get a load of me. Woo woo. So, <laughs> yeah, like, I mean if you're bringing back Michael Keaton's Batman and oh, everything, yeah. and you know you got uh, Jared Leto's uh, Joker yeah. and all stuff you you bring jack nicholson back his joker in, oh. into this metaverse thing oh, you got to and in yeah. the fact yeah. you got to have him say my favorite line in the movie not only that one but he's like points the gun at him and say tell me something friend have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight so many possibilities i think it's safe to say we're all stoked for that oh yeah, yeah. like let's go yeah. i'm ready to go all right well we got to wrap things up here. I guess for you, Victor, very, very, very many thanks for the kind words for all of us here. That was awesome. We hope we look forward to more fun with you getting you on the Friday anniversary show. Literally. So I, I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure to again, everyone tune in this Friday at 11 a.m. GFBS three year anniversary show. It's going to be a blast. We welcome you to join us for all live future episodes every Wednesday at 1 p.m. on GFBestSource.com or the GFBS channels on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and you can find podcasts on uh, just search GFBS on your favorite podcast app and help support GFBS by leaving us a Google review or a review on your favorite podcast app and hit that donate link on top of the GFBestSource.com website. Many thanks for having us part of your day. Many thanks to Victor. Thank you, guys. Always glad to be here. And remember, don't leave home without your popcorn heads. Yes. It's movie time, so yes. you got to have it. Got a popcorn. Many thanks to Paul. Yeah, I'm actually in my chair this time. <laughs> Woo! Many thanks yeah. to Fast Lane producer Katie. <laughs> I'm tired. Ready for a nap, Katie. <laughs> my sleep's getting good right now. Oh, no. I'm taking advantage of the late nights. Yes. <laughs> Heck, yeah. All right. Well, sounds like next week's going to be just cool. Just a, a lot of stuff going on. We're going to be reviewing Shazam 2. Yes. Maybe reviewing 65. Oh, yeah. yeah I'm going to try to check that out this weekend. Same. Yeah. It's going to be a killer week. We'll see everyone next week and this Friday for the three-year anniversary special. Until then, goodbye.